This is the One Piece Podcast, episode 416, for the week of Monday, April 25th, 2016. My name is Zach. And my name is Ed. And my name is Steve. And on today's show, we have our editor-in-chief, Aaron, with us. Hey, Aaron. Hey. We have very special guest and translator for One Piece and Weekly Shonen Jump, Stephen Paul, with us. That's a me. And we have a YouTube sensation, celebrity, I forget the word or the adjective I used. We have Roger with us. Hey, Roger. It's, it's nice to be back. I think sensation works great. Okay. Well, you know, you could take whatever, whatever exactly. positive adjective I could throw at you. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a I little different. I've been playing a lot of Burning Blood, actually, recently, so... <laughs> I'm looking, I really, I'm jealous. Um, I'll leave it there. Uh, so there's a lot to go through at the top of the show. Uh, first off, we are redesigning our website, uh, and we're, we're trying to do it for our seventh anniversary. And as part of it, we're redoing our kind of, our brand, our logo. So we want you guys out there uh, to help us out with this, and the winner will get money in return. Uh, so go to our website, onepiecepodcast.com. We're doing this with 99 designs. Um, and submit a logo if, if you'd like. Um, it's open for, I think it's three days after today, Aaron. I don't know any details you may have um, about how this works. It's open for three days, and then I think we pick a winner, and we have it. Yeah. I might go through some additional rounds, I believe. Um, but... We'll see how it's going, and we'll see how how much we need slimming down and how many entries we get. But, you know, we encourage you guys uh, to go out there and try, and hopefully, you know, you'd become part of the crew in some way helping us design the site. Um, so thank you uh, to everyone who uh, contributes to that. Uh, I also want to mention, on another note, uh, Anime Fans Give Back to Kumamoto is still going on. Um, I think we've raised over five to $600 at this point, so uh, keep that coming in. Uh, remember, it is Eichiro Oda's hometown, um, and there's a lot of really cool stuff we've been posting on the site, like shout-outs from the voice actors, uh, from Mayumi Tanaka. Uh, and from Oda her, himself. From Oda himself. I say Mayumi Tanaka because she was wearing her gear for uh, balloon suit. Um, <laughs> Think of how long that must have taken to make. I can't imagine. <laughs> I cannot. It imagine. made for an awesome tweet, though. <laughs> it did. Um, Do you think it gave her the ability to, like, bounce up and down and flow in a little bit? I th- yes. <laughs> Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's she's not a very large woman, so I think it is very possible that they Petite. let it to them. Petite's the word I was looking for. Um, thank you, Steve. <laughs> um, also, uh, we will be giving out uh, the prizes for our survey back a couple months ago, so please check your inboxes this week, uh, and you may have the uh, Got Anime membership for a year. Uh, I also want to mention that 20 Minutes of BS, there's a new episode coming out tonight on the 20 Minutes feed. Steve, if there's anything you'd like to talk about with that. It is another episode. Okay, and what do you talk about? Uh, we talk about a bunch of things. We talk about... Uh, Earthbound, we talk about Fast and Furious, uh, we talk about bachelor parties, and uh, and dude is very sleepy. <laughs> sleepy time, dude. You guys did an Earthbound podcast and you didn't invite me? Really? No, we, uh, no, we talked about like Earthbound for like a minute. Oh, it's 20, okay. it's 20 like... minutes. It's, it's, it's 20 minutes. <laughs> it's actually 20 minutes now. <laughs> yeah, they've, yeah, they've recently changed their format. So, uh, yeah, if you like Stephen Dude in 20-minute intervals talking about things that make the podcast take way longer to record, that is the place to go. 
Uh, we also finally released, these were from 2011, so I, I apologize. It's a little different from the way we do them now, but the entire Full Metal podcast is out now uh, on our SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash One Piece Podcast. Um, Steve, and our last episode of that show had an interview with the director of the last Full Metal Alchemist movie, The Sacred Star of Milos. Yes, uh, Mr. Murata. Uh So yeah, give that a, give that a look out. Um, and beyond that, nine other voice actors and actresses we interview on that show. So uh, if you were it, interested in that, yeah, give it a look. It's a happy end to this tale because, uh, you know, Zach had his original laptop stolen. So we lost a lot of those episodes so it's nice that you know some fans helped us out and we finally have all of them back online it was one fan uh, tom i believe is tom his name. thank yeah. you tom we we had like six we had like four of them i think and then yeah we, we had a, a few uh scattered mm-hmm. ones and, and he filled in the gaps there so uh, we really appreciate that um and and finally uh if for those who support us on patreon we have been releasing some uh exclusives including outtakes and Something I'm very proud of from this last week, a reenactment of uh, chapter 823 in which Ed loses his shit. Um, it's bringing back a grand tradition of, uh, of, of dramatic readings on this podcast. Yes. Um, and, and I think some Into of those... Into final phase, I believe it was. <laughs> we'll be bringing some of those voices hopefully back this week as we go through our manga recap of chapter 824 and our anime recap of episode 738. We also have a ton of piece together that will never end ever, uh, as usual. But thank you guys for submitting those. We really do appreciate it. Uh, so I think that's enough of me talking. I've been talking for, I think, way too long. Why don't we get into the uh, manga recap? You guys ready? Yes. You. This is the manga recap for chapter 824, Playing Pirates. This sounds like a nice little chapter. Uh, Ed, what's going on uh, on the cover of Shonen Jump? Well, it's it's Jigsaw Puzzle, and we've got Luffy and some other characters. Steve, do you know what other characters these are? Well, that's uh, Midoriya from uh, My Hero Academia. He's putting in puzzles with Luffy, and he's... And like he's putting a in a piece that has Gon from Hunter Hunter, and we also have Ichigo from Bleach, Toriko from Toriko, and Nisekoi from Nisekoi. <laughs> I, I got your uh, you, you said you were going to do a running joke, and now I got what it was. And... Yeah, cool. Why don't you pull back the curtain, and I'll show all my magic tricks. <laughs> that's <Damn. laughs> that's what I always do. Um, <laughs> and, um, what's on the front page? Uh, what's on the color spread this week, Ed? Well, the front page is a color spread this week, and I'm going to enjoy hanging this on my wall in 13 months. <laughs> this is great. It's a koala coaster over the ocean on an island. Uh, maybe it's a koara coaster. Yeah, to go by I was about to say, Ed, uh, hoodie. <laughs> I was about to say, Ed, I think you are mistaken. Is a koara. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say this it's is... not racist because it's written on Luffy's shirt. Yeah, right but... This is um, clear evidence that in the world of One Piece, koalas are just called koaras. It's the, the word of God. We've gotten it from Oda now. <laughs> <laughs> Update the wiki. Our basta. In, uh, in other text on the page, we have uh, Sanji in what appears to be a um, racing bicycle racing jersey. That says barbecue on it and also says niku and yasai, so meat Wait. and vegetable barbecue. Wait, does he have a barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It seems like he does. He makes the best little pig piggies on the blanket on the whole roller coaster. Um, All right, let's 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 stop this coaster just for a second. I want to point out how extremely dangerous having an open barbecue is on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> is am I am I alone here? No, I, I don't know. I've seen weirder at Disneyland. One time, I saw somebody take a TV and a GameCube. And have it hooked up playing Smash Brothers on Splash Mountain. You know that's so I've seen know, weirder. That's photoshopped, man. No, 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 not the Photoshop one. Three of my friends who live out here, shout outs to Sky and other people at their house, they literally went to Disneyland to reenact that picture and took like a little TV camera that was in their backpack and the GameCube with them and they recorded it and took a picture. Well, that's not as badass as a giant widescreen, but I give them credit. Uh, no, I just, I. Couldn't get over how extremely dangerous that is. Uh, Steve, do you know what's really dangerous here? There are seatbelts. Yes, there are seatbelts on each of these seats, and no one's wearing them. Robin yeah, is true. drinking so, wine. Yeah, Robin's just enjoying she's drunk some wine. And, she's drunk and driving the coaster. <laughs> There's also no supports. Like, this is just floating over the ocean. Like, that thing must be just rocking up and down like crazy. Maybe yeah. it's like you remember in Roller Coaster Tycoon when you could make those uh, ones that like went off into nowhere and it would just launch. It's a death tycoon. It's a death coaster. I want to know is uh, is what they're riding is that an actual roller coaster or is that a koala that read the coaster coaster? Koala. Koala. The coaster that ate the koala koala no me. It's just, it's just alive. Um, oh my god. Also, Brooke is, I Brooke is dead and he's died again and his soul is crying. Uh, I, oh my I god, he is! <laughs> I do find the Carrara that's uh, clinging on to Luffy to be exceptionally adorable. Uh, With a little earring. He's, he's he's super into it too. Like I mean, everyone like a lot. Half of the people are crying, and half of the people are just digging it. <laughs> Zoro is just like pissed like, about Usopp. Um, no, he's a mess. He's <laughs> well. Robin's like, you got to drink from one of these uh, these roller coaster wine glasses. Buy <laughs> 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 crappy. <laughs> I do, I do really love uh, Robin's outfit here. Uh, brown yeah. leather jacket. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. When, where is Frankie's lower torso? Inside or outside? Now that that is a question. Is it, looks I, like I, I, the, it looks like it's in the second car. Like it looks like he's in the very back I'm of the not second sure car, about no. behind no. the seat. No, it looks There's... like he's hanging onto the back there or he is part of the roller coaster yeah if you really pay attention there's a slight thing where the back of the coaster is actually in front of his torso uh my theory is that voila this is one of frankie's new transformations his lower half becomes a kawara coaster (laughs) mina kawara coaster i'm gonna say that would be not his lower half but maybe something okay i'm just gonna stop right there um any other thoughts well we've never seen it it's true we haven't Frankie is way more super than he was before the time skip. So. <laughs> um, I did not think we'd talk this long about this. It's it's beautiful. It's summer. It's summertime. Lo- and uh, it's a shout out to all Australians out there, apparently. Um, and all their and all the no Australians. No, okay. Australians. <laughs> nice. Um, th- there's no little clever phrase though in this color spread. It just says one piece, and nothing with the O either. It's just one piece. Are you disappointed Back about to that? basics this week? A little bit. All right, Ed. Uh, we should probably, you know, start the chapter. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why the hell not? I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and reacting to what happened last week, the re- what everyone is freaking out. The revolutionaries got beaten, and and. Um, <clears throat> 
you got a uh, the revolutionary dragon and then luffy, <laughs> luffy just cuts pedro off and he said he's reading the newspaper oh it's sabo that's my brother well you're skipping the most important part about this panel and that's yeah, luffy's the hat yes the, 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 <laughs> hat. The, the chef hat on top of the straw hat you know what this uh it's a marshmallow hat you know what this is the return of zach Go on. It's a me, a Luffy. I'm oh, it, it is a him. He, he making the pizza with the mouth. I don't got my mustache no more, but I still got the accent. I'm making the pizza. <laughs> it's a me, a Luffy. He's, 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 Chef, Boyard. he's Chef Boyard D. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Write it down. I <laughs> am. Oh, my God. Oh. Mm. You're really starting us out early here, Stephen. Uh, yeah, I just I I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and and Brooke, Brooke chimes in that uh, Saba, the the one you said you met in Dressrosa, your other brother, the chief of staff. He that's he's the number two guy of the Revolutionary Army. Brooke's a little behind the times here. Um, and Nami's just like, what kind of brothers are you? All three of you. Um, yeah. So this guy Dragon and Luffy's clearly not listening to her just putting something together in his own head and nami just continues talking and it's like and wait you remember what he said two years ago and we flash back to that famous panel was that the jack-in-the-box chapter mm -hmm. yes. yes your father's name is monkey d dragon the revolutionary mm -hmm. so we go to the next page and you can really see the resemblance when they put them side by side like no that. you can't <laughs> <laughs> i think so no you're same, wrong <laughs> they have the same smile no, they don't. <laughs> In uh, fact, got, that's got, the first time I've ever seen Dragon smile. Yeah. No, actually, uh, the picture from what could only assume was a previous reverie, uh, the flashback of Vivi. Uh, no, the uh, Dalton's flashback of meeting Vivi when uh, the guy with the cigar, who someone pointed out his name, uh, oh, some guy, uh, he's holding <laughs> a picture of Dragon. Dragon's got a big old smile. He's like, look at me. Everyone wants me. He's he's king some guy of somewhere. <laughs> um, okay, hey, so <laughs> Nami continues. Dragon, the chief commander of the Revolutionary Army, is your father. Luffy, remember this now? And he just still holding the newspaper. He doesn't drop the newspaper. He's like, that's my dad? And the chef hat is still on his head. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't fly off. Uh, and Brooke is astonished that Luffy's father is the boss of the Revolutionaries, and they can't believe that he's only putting this together now, I think. That's Nami who's saying that. I love and, Nami's reaction there. Like, <laughs> she almost just like, what? Yeah. It's an over-exaggerated anime-like reaction is what that is. <laughs> almost dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> her arm is very, her, her right arm is very long in that panel. She's got more than one elbow. She's, but just in one arm. What's going on next? <laughs> Hey, maybe she's long neck tribe or long arm tribe. A single long arm. She's half long arm tribe, but just on the right side. Anyway, Ed, go ahead. Uh, Nami's continuing on with her monologue. Why aren't you curious that your father is so famous? Robin told you that she worked with him and you didn't, you know, anyway, this is the, fir this is the first time Luffy's seen him. It doesn't look like me. Come on, Luffy. No, no, no. He is right. <laughs> you are wrong, Ed. <laughs> but uh, Luffy's actually, Luffy does have some concerns. He's actually worried about Sabo. And uh, 
<laughs> Brooke is still going on about Luffy not looking like his father. And so the picture's not the same as seeing someone in real life. So, yo, ho, well, I, think, ho. I think that's more about how like Luffy's not really making the connection because you know he's only looking at a picture. Um, that if you'd saw, you know, if you see him in person, you know, it would be a bigger deal to you, basically. Mm-hmm. So at this point, we go to the next page, and and Chopper is um, so cute and such a good gag. He's trying to get in there, and <laughs> no one's listening. And also, Carrot is nibbling on on uh, Luffy's ear. So <laughs> chomping, chomping is the word you were looking. So for. random. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's just something she does when she gets nervous. Yeah, I no, it's her I, way of go chewing with people. I I disagree. The look she's on doing her it face, twice on this page. She is she's in like, heaven. come on, Luffy, let's have sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. No carrot. <laughs> no, I think it's because he's rubber and he's probably fun to play with, like the ear. You know, well, he is rubber and you are glue and whatever. Well, like stuff. a chew toy. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, so through an, an anonymous Nami's reading news, the newspaper. Yeah, Nami's yeah. reading the newspaper. Right. It uh, that there's an anonymous source that that's how they found the location of the Revolutionary Army's headquarters. I wonder who that could be. Mm. Oh, I have a pretty strong theory. We'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, but by the time that Navy and Cipher Pull got there, the Blackbeard Pirates had already leveled the settlement to the ground. And given the world government's history of lying about these things, who knows what actually happened? And uh, Luffy, Luffy knows Blackbeard. He knows that those guys. I love how you could still see uh, his extended ear in that. Pattern. Yeah, I did yep. not notice that until just now. That's mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> Nami doesn't quite understand why Blackbeard would attack the revolutionaries. Um, but Luffy adds that Sabo fought that champion guy back in Dressrosa. Maybe that's why. And Pedro chimes in. It says Blackbeard clashed with Cypher Bull briefly before fleeing. There was no info about fatalities in the article. <laughs> Let's note Chopper again. Hey. Hey. Carrot. Hey. Oh. She's nibbling on Pedro's arm now. Is she nibbling or she's like holding it up? Or I think she's holding, holding it. Yeah. She's teething. She's biting it. Yeah. <laughs> she's teething. Well, I thought, is he like pulling her away from Luffy? Like, hey, stop that, you weird kid. Maybe, Could maybe be he put his arm in between her mouth and Luffy's ear. He's yeah, maybe because your mouth doesn't look open right now. It looks kind of closed in that panel. So, yeah, yeah, I All think right. I think it is closed. Um, That's, uh, we go to the next page. Yeah, we're we're focusing on the important shit here. Anyway, Brooke, Steve. Oh, Brooke casually <laughs> sipping tea in the background. That's great. Uh, Leopard Sanji continues. If Yugura, uh father or brother were captured or killed, that would have certainly made the news. And Luffy's like, oh yeah. Um, it's like good point. Uh, and Chopper's like, hey, Luffy. And Luffy's like, why? She's like, and Chopper says, hey, you know, thanks for cooking and everything, but uh, is that supposed to happen? And the <laughs> Sunny is currently catching on fire. <laughs> and Luffy's like, I forgot to turn off the stove. Uh, and we get a big kaboom as we pan out from uh, the Sunny, an awesome panel. Just love, I, I love how much fine detail uh, this small of a drawing of the Sunny can have and those waves. It's, these are really great panels. And the sweat uh, drops. <laughs> and the sweat drops. Uh, it's like, and someone yells, ah, something exploded. Put out the fire. And we have some time progress a little bit. And Nami says, wait, there's a storm coming. What? It's, this is very reminiscent to when they first entered the Grand Line after uh, Laboon, which is crazy weather. 
and, and the new world as well. I mean, it happened. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, for for all the hype that the new worlds had, like, oh, everything's crazy, and there's islands made of lightning. Like the only thing I've ever really seen is just, oh no, it's the water is really wavy today, and oh no, a thunderstorm. But I think I'm just. <laughs> I think I'm just being picky. And uh, this freaks out Carrick who shrieks and goes, what is this, Electro? And I'm like, no, no, no. That's a different kind of comic. Uh, completely she different series. She grabs her ears. I love it. What does she mean by Electro, though? Like well, the that's powers, her attack. Right? Yeah, that's the Minx powers. Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured, but I, I couldn't remember it having a name. So. Um, and and how do you pronounce that onomatopoeia for lightning? Pshaw. No, they're all that one, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds kind of like, rat, you know, like Ratata from, from Pokemon? It's like Ratata. It looks like that. It's like Kratata. Kratata. Taka. I just pronounced that like the, uh, so it's Kratata. Taka. Kratata. That's like pronounced that. That's the same kind of pronunciation you'd hear in the original dub of Akira. Krakata! Krakata! Krakata Takamichinoku. Yep. Indeed. I'm like Anderson. Uh, <laughs> so hoist the mainsails, uh, you know, all this kind of, hey, we have to sail from time to time uh, commands. It's oh, like, this... what about the fire? It's the brain will put it out. And Luke is like, oh, hey, we got pretty lucky there, huh? <laughs> Now he's like, nothing about this is lucky. Some huge waves are brewing. Uh, this thunderstorm is going crazy. And someone's, someone says, you help too. And I, I'm, I assume this is Pedro because he's like, I'm half dead. Oh, no. I'm, That's I'm my uh, bad. Peckham's. Yeah. Peckham's, Peckham's, right? I forgot that we have another mink on, on board. Uh, he's like, I'm half dead. <laughs> yeah, I actually put in the growler there just to make okay. sure it was clear that it was him they were referring to. It wasn't in Japanese, but I was like, okay. I don't know if it was going to remember that Peckham's is the one who's I, half dead. I, I would have thought it was Brooke, honestly. That was my first instinct. Um, uh, but then we pan back to uh, Zoe uh, and someone saying, so you're saying that Carrot is out to sea right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Steven. Yeah. And we are on the rump of the elephant. Um, <laughs> My favorite part of the animal. <laughs> <laughs> the juiciest cut. Um, and, <laughs> Aren't you a vegetarian? Yes, I am. You are? Why did I never know this? <laughs> yeah. The things I've you learn on Manga Recaps. Yes. The things you yes. learn on Me Tomo. Oh, I should be reading your answers more thoroughly. <laughs> What's uh, your favorite fruit? What fruit have you eaten the most? Of? Elephant the ass. Banana. Banana. <laughs> I'm gonna go add that on Mitomo now. Um, and uh, Wanda is asking Bariete, "Why didn't you tell us sooner?" And he apologizes to her for that. Yeah. Um, and I offer an apology to everyone here who listened to that. Um, and uh, as, as you should. Yeah, but uh, basically, we find out, you know, carrot. Carrot was on a mission. She was not going to be denied. She paid off Variete with some uh, bananas, which he's hiding in plain sight, um, just strapped to his back. It's like he might as well just be carrying the briefcases of cash on him at the. Uh, no, no, no. Bags with the money symbol on them. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah there you go. That's it. <laughs> I didn't take anything. Now, 
They left the them on the with, desk. With Barriette, where does the blame lie? Does it lie on him being a monkey or is it the hat? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the banana, the banana. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, he's, he's, he, he's a little upset about this. He's like, you know, no, Carrot, Carrot didn't want to betray you. Um, and, uh, Wanda, Wanda's all right. She's like, fine. It's fine. It's, you know, I know where she is. That's all that, that, uh, really matters. I was just worried because she was missing. Um, but she's with Luffy's group, so she will be safe now. Um, <laughs> notwithstanding any, uh, ship related explosions that we just saw, she's safe. Don't worry about it. And um, <laughs> she she is also um, advising the Duke here to uh, to get some rest again. She'll, she'll order some extra guards um, to keep them safe. And um, he is he's pensive here. He's thinking and he's like, you know what? I suspect that the enemy has a viewer card. But how did they get it? Um, we just have to hope that, um, you know, it was lost with the ships that Zunisha sank a few chapters ago. And uh, she uh, she wonders, you think they'll come back? Well, we, you know, all we can do is, is uh, be vigilant and uh, watch carefully, indeed. And then we kind of pan out to sea, and it, uh, it cuts to a little, little shot of fish swimming underwater, and we see the wreckage of uh, Jack's ships. And there he is. He's alive. And oh my God, those are fishman teeth. He's not dead because he is literally, this is what happens when a fishman has devil fruit powers and he <laughs> falls in the water. He's literally just stuck there breathing, can't do anything. And he's just mentally willing someone to come quick and get him out of the water how can you kill what cannot die <laughs> stab he it in the just, fucking heart he is just the oh, best yeah. villain like having just read through Zonow and then getting to this point like i love jack so much yeah. <laughs> he's just wonderful why he had to wear the retainer all this time well i was gonna say yeah yeah hide that he's a fisherman of course but we're it's a, it's great. It's a great MacGuffin. I don't want yeah. you guys to know my dirty secret. <laughs> now, do you guys do you guys think he's like uh like a fighting fishman? Because he kind of looks like he has the horns of the fighting fish in Dressrosa. Jack, a fighter. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know for sure. Uh, I still don't know if that maybe that that's just like a headpiece because it kind of with with circles around those horns, it kind of looks like you know like Usopp with this like with his uh. It's cross between that and oh, Frankenstein. Sure. Yeah. Guys, guys, what if he's an elephant tuna? <laughs> oh! Yes. oh. oh. oh shit. And he's a mammoth. You're <laughs> off this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my leave. I love it. Or what was, uh, didn't we meet a race of like half fish, half giant people back during a Davy back fight? Like who was that yeah. guy? Yeah. Yeah. So um, maybe he's one of them. Uh, that's a big, uh, big pain. Big yeah, Pan or Big Bun, whatever you call him. Big Bun. Yeah. <clears throat> well, he doesn't have like any other fish features. Um, and I'm well, assuming he's got, he's, his hair is probably covering his gills. Well, oh, wouldn't we yeah. see it here? Uh, his hair is there. No, because because the gills are like on the shoulder. Yeah, on your of. deltoids. Oh, yeah. of course. How could how could I not know that? Yeah. All he has there is a bulging vein. Zach's too busy looking at the moon. Ooh, did someone say yeah. moon? 
<laughs> I uh, I love the I love the way that this reveal happened too. Like I was talking to Greg, we both had the same uh, reaction to this page when we first read the chapter, where it was like, "Oh my God, there's Jack. Why is he still around? Like, why isn't he? Wait, wait a second. Oh fuck! Because yeah. <laughs> you know he doesn't come out and say it. It's just you know the visual detail is there for you to put it together, but he doesn't uh, explicitly say it, which I think is a great so a great none. None of you guys put this together uh, last time when we saw Zunesha like knocking him away and his retainer broke and we saw his pointy teeth. None of you guys considered that? No. No. I no. I thought he just had like crazy sharp teeth because he's like a lunatic. I didn't think it yes. was because he's a fishman. I thought uh, I, I must have been the only one then. <laughs> we, thought he needed, we thought he needed braces, Steve. I mean, that was yeah. the name of the episode. <laughs> I'm curious. What is his official colorization? Like, what is the official yeah. color of the skin? Because yeah. if it's going to be like light blue, um, almost like some of the other Fishman characters that we saw back in Fishman Island, I don't know if this is going to be telegraphed to people and it'll be easier for like anime only watchers to guess. Uh, but I'm dying to see what his official colors are. So no, I'd love to. I would love for it not to be obvious. Yes. Yeah, for me it too. to look a little more flesh colored because, yeah. you know, we've seen like, you know, like pink and like brown fishmen. Well, so. I mean, I mean, human beings have many flesh colors. So, you know, mm -hmm. pick one that would be closer to fishman color. Like. And I mean, Dellinger, Dellinger was half fighting fish too. So yeah, that's true too. Right there. And he was, he was pale. All, yeah. He was all smooth baby skin. Okay. that's. Uh, uh, are, you, are you saying that Dellinger is Jack's son? I am not saying that, but, but that'd be awesome. <laughs> I've heard weirder theories, like any theory with Bonnie in it. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, can you? Uh, they, they, they'd, they'd be a great foil, though, uh, Jack and Dellinger. So oh, for sure. Did, did you go to the gym and work out today, son? Yeah, I was doing my Roomba class. <laughs> Well, what, before we move from this, one other thing, too, I wanted to point out is remember when we first saw Jack and every time that we see Jack's eyes, he has that crazy, almost looking bloodlust in his eyes. And that reminded me of when we saw Dellinger sort of like take off his hat for the first time when he was fighting with uh, who, who did he fight in Dressrosa Cavendish? Uh, no, no, uh, Ideo. Ideo, okay. How, well, how the hell did I remember that? I don't um, know. But, <laughs> but when Dellinger's fighting with him and he, he like takes off his hat and he's going crazy, he has the same looking eyes. You see, I think it would now in retrospect, you since you brought that up, it reminds me more of Arlong. I mean, that was the that was the yeah. look Arlong had in his eyes. Yeah. That, yeah. that was that kind of like a like a pretty important part of that arc, if I recall correctly. Um anyway, Ed, can you uh start the next page for us? Just the, the Oda box? <clears throat> In a certain land. Very well done, Ed. So uh, we're in a certain land, which is almost certainly not Wano. Um, and we see that someone is crying and chugging booze. And it's not my boss. Um, and they're saying... <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> they're saying... Uh, apparently, uh, Jack's uh, attempt uh, to recapture Joker, Doflamingo, ended in failure. Um, and that that, you know, nixes the smile artificial devil fruit plan they had. That whole arrangement is gone. Um, and you see uh, you see Kaido weeping into his hand uh, still without his eyes visible here saying then we, then we can't. Well, I can't. I, this has to be done in a very masculine voice, the crying. But I'll, I'll pretend I could do that. Uh, then we Rah. can't <laughs> then we can't make any more <laughs> gifters. Wah. Um, that's how that said. Right. Uh, He's holding this uh, jug, I guess you call that, of sake. 
Um, and the these are gifters, right? I mean, they're not pleasures because they're not smiling. So I guess that's a process of elimination there. And they're uh, noting that he's a crying drunk at the moment. And uh, to to uh, give that theory some credence, uh, he proceeds to just <laughs> weep. Um, so throws his head back and wails. He's temper tantruming here right yeah, now. He's bawling. Yeah, I mean, but we said we'd make the greatest crew ever. Entirely out of power users, wah. Um, and... <laughs> Oh, I'm doing this chapter justice. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. And he says, uh, and before my dream could come true, it was worked over by a bunch of kids. Poor, poor Joker. What a, just because you were such a terrible weakling. Um, And I I just want to say, it really says a lot calling Doflamingo a terrible weakling like that, uh, considering it took 10 volumes to beat him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, and then and then Luffy just beats this guy in one volume. It's easy. Uh, anyway, uh, the gifters uh, look on and say, but Straw Hat's the man of the times, and if you underestimate him, dot, dot, dot. Uh, and now we see Kaido's eye for the first time there as he chugs the rest of his water and transforms from weepy drunk to angry drunk as he says, if I underestimate him and, uh, prepare and takes his, uh, giant mace, uh, much like Alvita, except slightly more intimidatingly. Um, and they never show his lower half. Oh yeah. Mm. They do not. Nope. Okay. So we still have something mysterious here. Um. Anyway, so he, he carries his club, stands up, uh, presumably, and throws the club. Uh, wait, I should have mentioned there was something kind of important in the panel before. Before I get to the exciting part, he snatches Law's uh, bounty poster, as he was saying the last line, uh, leaves the guy with Luffy's poster over him, and then proceeds to smack the guy with Luffy's poster in the face with the mace, and throws him clear across the island. Then through, what? Through the roof of the, the castle. Yeah, through the roof of the castle. I think it goes, yeah. Or it could be a cave. Or cave or whatever. Oh, yeah, it's very thick, though. Very thick wall. Yeah. Wherever they are, uh, Roger, what, what happens to him? Sure. So as we see the remnants of the torn up bounty poster sort of flying in the wind, uh, Kaido d- decides to take another drink from his giant sake jar. We find out that Kaido's devil fruit is the alcoholic alcoholic no me. Well, hold on. How far did that? How far did those fragments of poster fly? It it flew off of the island. Off Wano, it looks like, because you can still see the castle in the background. At a certain land. And uh, (laughs) and uh, all of his crewmates are basically saying he turned into an angry drunk. Kaido finally looks out the rest of them with these this like look of hate and bloodlust in his eyes, and he screams out. Who do you think I am? Straw Hat Luffy, Trafalgar Law, I know what they call your generation. Little whelps proud of wiping out mere warlords of the sea. But you must realize that you've messed with my business. And, uh, yeah, he's super intimidating. I'm loving Kaido. He's very, uh, very Heisenberg there. (laughs) (laughs) He had his laugh now, too. I am the one who knocks. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... So is that Kaido's laugh though? Woro 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 woro. Woro 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 woro. I mean, it's also I mean, could, it also could be a sound of drinking, like 
What are oh, I guess. Yeah. Oh, are be. we calling him Kaidosberg when he gets angry then? <laughs> no, the one who, he's the one who drinks. He's the one who he drinks. drinks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kaido laughs or drinks, whatever he does, and he begins a conversation with somebody who is inside of a cell. And he says, I bet you can warn those idiots in your generation. Run away now while you can. All we were doing was playing pirates. Eustace, Captain, Kid. Boom, boom. Yeah. Look at hold on. Hold on. Oh, look at man. look at the adjective. Play. Play. <laughs> True. <laughs> Playing pirates. Okay. More like uh, useless Captain Kid. Oh. Oh. Uh, if you're right here, you could have easily kind of just done that thing where you fall back on your crew, and we would have picked you up. <laughs> <laughs> kid uh, looks absolutely destroyed right now, though. I mean, he is like the most bloodied up I think we've ever seen him. His, tet- um, his tattoo arm is still in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's looking pretty <laughs> But we don't see his other arm. We don't. That's true. Do you think it was cut off? No, I'm pretty sure it's right there. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it could be. Who knows? Ooh. Let the theories fly. But, um, uh, just wait till it grows back. <laughs> <laughs> so we basically see that one last shot of Kaido's nose and his mouth and this cool stuff breathing out of his mouth as he says, kid... And then we jump back to the Thousand Sunny, uh, where it is snowing. And someone says, Burr, it's cold. Meanwhile, Luffy and Chopper have patched up the roof after Luffy trying to cook like Undyne from Undertale. And uh, we hear someone say, very nice work, as we jump onto the next page. Aaron. I want to know, wanna know oh, what's, yeah. what's, what making, what's making the sound, tonka tonk. That's them uh, patching the roof up. Yeah. Well, the, I, I must say that the Sunny can withstand a lot. It's tonka tough. shut up play with toys (laughs) Um, i like it uh aaron go ahead (sighs) okay so then with a dome we got luffy in his adorable little parka he's all bundled up because it's chilly and he's like all right storms passed and they patched up the roof that blew off and they kept the food safe so now everybody gets to eat my cooking and Brooke, Carrot, and Chopper naively are like, yay, they were so hungry. And then right in the next panel, you can see even the Sunny is getting sick from Luffy's food going, just pearl. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And Luffy's like, oh, it was that good? <laughs> <laughs> such such ruthless optimism. Um, and he's like, hey, it's my kitchen sink curry. And you see this, this oh my God, it's a huge. I also made some wine in the turret. <laughs> uh, just this this awful bowl of uh fish bones and tails and god knows what else um and everybody's trying to eat it and crying and throwing up at the same time uh and somebody comments i think it's nami she's like luffy rice is inedible unless you cook it and somebody says what's this bitter purple that, stuff? that's chopper oh, oh I, I didn't know we were on the sunny d commercial <laughs> purple stuff, purple stuff. <laughs> Luffy D all right oh <laughs> no oh, you are D and then like- Carrot says <laughs> uh, she's like yeah, it's full of fish bones and an enormous amount of jam and there's something clear and sticky uh, <laughs> that's Pedro no that's, oh, sorry. Ed, can, Ed can you can you do that line Yes. There is something clear 
and sticky. Okay, that's that's all I needed there. <laughs> and poor Peckham's just like. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got the Evangelion crossover we always wanted. Oh, my God. oh, oh boy. God. <laughs> <laughs> the crossover the that corner. nobody wanted. <laughs> uh, Peckham's is like, what did we ever do to you? And we see Luffy just chowing down, like, whatever. He's got an iron stomach. He can take it. And he's like, you guys are really rude, considering I made this for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so everybody's puking and freaking out and yelling. And... No, no, no. Luffy realizes oh. that it's actually disgusting. Oh, I see. I so see. the whole time he's like, well, you guys are stupid. It's delicious. I made this for you. And Oh, no. No, it isn't. It's awful. <laughs> Uh, I just like this don't flip the table over like Luffy eats it discovers it's awful and then just like flips the table over immediately <laughs> pulls a Frankie um, <laughs> and somebody says that Sanji would be mad if he found out that they were wasting what is technically food <laughs> <laughs> that might be my was, favorite line yeah. yeah that was my favorite line in the chapter yeah. that's pretty good uh, so Nami goes to their pantry and she looks really adorable there for a second and just for a second though the rest of the time just for a second i have to tear my eyes away from her um she opens the door and she sees that it's completely empty and she's like all the food is gone and luffy's like oh yeah i screwed up a lot so i used it all up you know whatever man it's fine mm. <laughs> and uh nami's freaking out again because she's like that was a week's worth of food and now it's all gone but luffy is just being considerate you know he figured everybody would be hungry so he used all of it <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ed, can you do the Oda boxes? Sure. And so, in just the first day of Luffy's journey, the crew was at risk of starvation. And everybody is crying, what are we going to do now? And they're so hungry, and they say, Sanji, come and save us. And nobody else has noticed, but it is snowing outside. They're in a winter zone. Yeah, we, we mentioned that. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve, pick us up from there. Oh, wait, actually, Ed, kind of pick us up from there. And on this page, it is also snowing, so maybe that's... Well, no, just just the, uh, just the Oda box. No, yeah. I know. I just wanted to point that out. This is what I was talking about just now. But <clears throat> several days later, Big Mom's ship. And we hear... Uh, that's the sound of the, of the transponder snail. And Sanji's like, whoa, I thought this was snow, but... Uh, and then, of course, Baron Tamago is like, it is le cotton candy. Dory. Um I should have definitely given someone else this page. <laughs> oh, my bad. I'll just say, Mwa ho ho, it is Lee Cotton Candy Flurry. Much yes, better. Thanks. Zach. That. <laughs> Zach style. That's Zach style. <laughs> <laughs> the, or, or as I like to refer to it as, the Zach scent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have too many episode titles to write down. Oh, I'm right. on fire today, baby. Uh, Sanji, of course, uh, takes a little clip, you know, he eats some of it and he's like, oh, the phone's ringing off. Like, mm, this is sweet. Uh, and Baron Tama goes, it is we signal day urgence. <laughs> <laughs> it means we have entered where territory de mama. <laughs> You're ruining this chapter. Uh, as all I the work I put into this. Yep. <laughs> that's, what, that's why you guys, that's why, that's what you get for starting shit, Zach. <laughs> And we see um, this this little building looks it looks very reminiscent to uh, uh, Cricket's little faux uh, castle of Jaya, but it's it's twenty eight uh, tart. I mean tart like a cake, right? Or should I 
be pronounced this more with a, a French accent. Bada boopy. I don't know. Um, so it's like, does the signal extend to that spot over there? And Baron Tom goes like, very good. That is uh, Tart 28, the 28th Tart. Or is that, oh, so it would be like Tarte 28, right? I don't I mean, think, I think so. It, I think it's pronounced the same way. I just wanted to make sure people understood that that's what, what the word was. But I, I love how like redundant that is too. I think yeah. it's yeah. funny yeah. and I think it fits with yeah. the character. Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. That is Tart 28, the 28th Tart. 28th Tart. <laughs> Where do we get the name, you ask? I'll tell you. <laughs> there are 27 other turds, and this uh, happened to be the 28th. It, but it is a base military uh, that houses a platoon of Le Big Mom's pirates. If this were not Mama's ship, we would suffer boom, Le b- Bombardment. Uh, bombardment! <laughs> for totally foreshadowing what's to come for Luffy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, like, do, it's like, do not be stubborn, mon ami. Follow Germa 66 example and enter the Big Mom's Pirates operation. This is what your father, Beku, desires. And Sanji's just like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so he's just like, it's like, he says, he and I have been through for ages. I'm only going to clear up all, it's like all this up. Uh, and we get a nice little, almost full body panel reveal of uh, how Sanji's looking these days. Looking, uh, and he's looking pretty, uh, you know, he's, he's on fleek right here. Wait, Steve, you, before we get to that, which I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about with his fleekness. Is that how that's said? Uh, you, you skipped an important detail. I, I'm old. Motherfuckers uh, are all so white. You, you, skipped, you skipped an important detail, and that's that $5,000 lighter he's using. Oh, yes. Which is, oh, oh, my, my God. God. God damn. It's the Oda design lighter, which you could buy for probably around five thousand dollars. What was $5, it? Five thousand dollars? What? It it is it was something that it's was made DuPont. available. DuPont, right? A DuPont lighter. I'm gonna look up to wow. see how much that currently is. But that is uh that was something that uh was actually sold and was used in strong not strong uh film Z. And they just zoom in on it, and it's like <laughs> photic placement. Yeah, if you look really closely, you could see merchandising, merchandising. You could see bold impact font that says "Buy me, buy me." <laughs> well, Dupont, if you're listening, I mean, I got a YouTube channel. I could happily do a review of your Sanji five thousand dollar lighter. Just <laughs> hit me up. Zach will give you all the information you need. <laughs> and you also have to give me one. I know I don't use lighters, yes, but I would also <laughs> like one. But just like a child who's discovered smoking cigarettes, you have to small the, smoke the whole pack. By, so. by the way, it was $3,000. Uh, it was sold in uh, 2012. I do not know if they are still available, um, but I will uh, try and find it if it is. So if people have $3,000 they'd like to spend stupidly, that's one way they could do it. I want to meet the people that bought it. I, yeah, if you buy it, you are welcome on our show. I'll say I'm that. Pretty, I'm pretty sure they live in an apartment that has no windows. <laughs> <laughs> they just sit in their room all day and just play with the light. <laughs> if you buy it, you take a picture of it and then and we'll bring you on the show. Uh, a view with the lighter. I'm I'm making. I don't care. I don't care if who you, you are. Rec- if you could record the sound effects of the lighter going off, we'd greatly appreciate it. Just don't accidentally burn it because that's three thousand dollars. Don't burn your microphone. These are nice. No, no, no um, the lighter. Let's get through this chapter. That's uh, probably at some point. Oh wait, how do I pronounce that word again? Felicitations. Felicitations. Um, he says, ease your hostility. Mama is in Lee mood for felicitations. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. She is aware, of course, that you are the comrade of the foolish straw hat pirates and that you worked as le cuisinier aboard the restaurant in the East Blue. Very nice, Stephen. 
Uh, in fact, she admires you for these qualities. So the cuisinier <laughs> is like the uh, the panini press. That's where he worked. At the- <laughs> Cuisinart. <laughs> oh, oh, Cuisinart. Okay, he, he presses the paninis <laughs> and he also turns the waffle maker for you. <laughs> he works at the Hampton Inn. <laughs> Oh, you worked at the Hampton Inn in the East Blue, of Ooh, course. The Hampton Inn, I gotta say, these, these turkey sausage links are to die for. Uh, it's that, free. It's continental, continental breakfast. breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, oh, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Oh, uh, age, Roger. Oh, so we pick up where we left off, and Baron Tamago finishes up his statement and says, "Depending on your skill, she may offer you an even better position." And uh, Sanji is not having any of this. He says, "Enough of your jokes." The only use for these hands of mine is to cook food for my companions, nothing else. And you can see Sanji's hand is sticking out. It's clearly, you know, a nice-sized hand. It's not a small hand. It's a nice-sized hand. Um, yes, you know, it is, yeah. Doesn't it's... have small hands at all. No. You know, he's not living that Trump life. He's got big, <laughs> meaty hands. Nice hands. You're using the big Zach words. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sanji... Really, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Sanji continues. Sorry, Sanji continues his speech, and he says, uh, "I survived a horrifying hell to train my skill. I'm sure they're missing my food by now, and I can already see their tillful faces." And Tamago basically looks over and says, "Mo, say absurd." Uh, and Sanji responds back with, "I would never make a dish for the kind of people who would destroy their own partners without blinking." Obviously, referring to Peckham's back during uh, during the Zo arc. When Capone basically shoots him in the back, and Tamago uh, goes back on that topic, talks about it, and says, "Well, he made his business uh, he made his business personal. Beige was right to do what he did." Uh, and then Baron Tamago hears his name screened out by uh, our favorite little intern Vito. So he looks over, and goes, "Hey, Vito!" And Vito says, "We've got a photo of Lady Pudding from the Whole Cake Island. Lay low." Well, you know, you know how that's done, right? <laughs> Let me see you lay low, lay low. <laughs> but um but he says it's, it's a little gift to you after all it's hard to marry a girl you just met right on the spot and sanji says that's no different from seeing her a few days ahead and i'm not getting married but uh Vito insists and wants to show sanji a picture of his bride-to-be the 35th daughter of the Charlotte family, who is definitely not hiding a third eye. <laughs> Charlotte's pudding. Boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, Sanji loses that's his That's his heart. That's his heart that's bumping in from outside the panel. No, that, that is his eye, I think, that is bumping in from... I thought it was his tongue. His tongue is sticking out to you. It could be any of them. It yeah. could be any of them. That's that's yeah, that could actually be his heart sticking out. His, uh, no. I mean, his tongue sticking out of his heart. Yeah, I don't Maybe know. Maybe his that, left eye. I'm not sure. His eye sure is stretching. He's getting quite the little look at her. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, little. confirmation. Three-eyed girl is pudding, so. We were right, guys. That was awesome. Well done, yeah. I don't know. Oda kind of draws the same girl. We don't want yeah. to make these assumptions. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the 34th daughter. This was the 35th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I love that somebody pointed out also, too, that, you know, Sanji is covering has always been covering one of his eyes with his hair. So uh, this shouldn't be a big surprise. And actually, she is the perfect <laughs> for him, considering she's I learned it from watching you. <laughs> <laughs> and yet here is like one of the few times both his eyes are sticking out here. Um, mm-hmm. Not oh, just yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, holy shit. Warranted. Yeah. Yeah. It's hot. She, she is she's, really yeah she's I think she's hot. she's his she's his type she's a woman, um, 
<laughs> anyway, uh, I think that concludes this chapter. Um, Aaron, what did you think of this chapter? Oh, um, yeah, you're first this week. Whoa, don't just spring it on me like that. Well, I just did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was a really good chapter. Uh, I enjoyed reading it all the way through. We, I was expecting Jack to be alive, honestly. Hmm. I was not expecting him to be okay and kind of just sitting there. And I can't imagine a worse death for somebody because it's not like he can drown. Like if nobody found him, he'll just have to like starve to death on the deep blue sea unless a fish happens to like swim near his mouth, I guess. Or some <laughs> super intelligent sharks. If, yeah. only, if only he had Vito's tongue, he wouldn't have an issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we sort of get more of Kaido, and I thought it was cool that we get like his little character quirk early on, and that he's not just going to be some tough bad guy. He has this weird thing where he drinks way too much and has these crazy mood swings. Um, so I'm expecting a lot out of him. Um, I'll kill you. I'll kill all of you. Whoa, Kaido, I got to sell those pipes for karaoke. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that he eventually has like an affectionate drunk kind of thing where he's just like, oh, I fucking love you guys, man. I can't kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they escape. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so too. That would, that would be great. Yeah. He oh. also, yeah, we'll also see Kaido pick fights with Uber drivers. And uh, <laughs> I don't know my time. destination. I don't need to know my destination. Drive me. <laughs> Drive me home. <laughs> Sir, I need you to let me know where Wano Country is. I can't just drive around the block. And then he just vomits outside of the cab. <laughs> anyway, outside the Uber. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Uh, I also wanted to point out that Luffy's parka has this little patch on it that says Bone Lion. And it's really adorable. I think it's the same coat from Punk Hazard. Um, is and it? I think it said Bone Lion on that one, too. Yeah. Oh. Um, I guess why would he have more than one outfit for any given occasion? It's actually pretty amazing he even has... You know, a cold weather outfit uh, to begin with. So, well, I'm sure Nami like buys stuff for them. Like, look, we can't have you freezing to death. You well, need a jacket. Also interesting. Uh, I didn't realize this. I'm just looking at it. if a carrot is not wearing anything extra because she doesn't have to, probably. And also, she didn't pack anything. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> She's covered in fur. She is. Um, but yeah, most importantly, Sanji's back, looking good. Uh, and I feel like we're going to finally get to Whole Cake Island. Uh, Roger. Uh, I loved it. I thought this was a great chapter. I think this chapter, the chapter before this one, and pretty much everything since like the middle part of Zoe, I think has just been fantastic. Uh, in terms of like overall world building, in terms of finding out more about characters we love, uh, it was great seeing pudding at the end of this chapter too i mean that was something that a lot of people online and i know you guys joke about bonnie but a lot of people online were like what if bonnie is pudding what if lola's pudding and i pretty much felt like from the get-go it was going to be that three-eyed girl just because of the way yeah. um they telegraphed her back at fishman island so i was really happy to see that theory confirmed uh I, th this week was just great for me in terms of like little mini theories i did in my videos that got confirmed like uh kaido using an iron oni club i thought was like awesome uh, simply because I'm in that mindset. I know a lot of people think Kaido's going to be a dragon. I still kind of think he's going to have some type of mythical zone Oni fruit. And so seeing the Oni with the Iron Club thing kind of fleshed out in the chapter was exciting to me. Uh, I love Jack. Jack is like my all-time favorite villain One Piece. He's just awesome. And so finding out more about him, seeing that he's basically a fishman, that's how he's been surviving. Exciting seeing him. And then uh, the other big thing, too, is now that they're out of food, I want to pose a question to you guys, which is that 
what do you think they're going to eat? Because there is Each one other. thing. No, no, no. <laughs> there is one thing left on the ship that they can actually eat that seemingly Luffy did not pick in order to make his food. And those are the tangerines on oh. Nami's tangerine tree. And I was oh, curious gosh. if you guys think they might be eating that next chapter. They're going to owe her a lot of money at the end yeah. of the day, if that's, if that's <laughs> how that works. They're just going to fish off the side of the boat like they used to. Oh, yeah. They did used to do that. Luffy and Luffy used to wait for birds, to, dead birds to fall on the ship. And, oh, you know. my God. What if, what if, sorry, I'm going to talk about Pedro for a second. What if he was just like up in the crow's nest, like swatting at the news coos <laughs> and stuff? He's like, meow, meow. <laughs> Yes. Bringing down a bunch of dead new scoops. <laughs> I, see, I see Peckham's doing that before Pedro. Um, <laughs> like stupid birds. Um, uh, Steven. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with, uh, with what Roger said about just kind of this whole stretch of chapters. Just kind of, you know, like not a bad one in the bunch. Um, he's been uh, just filling them with so much great um, detail. Like the, not only just, you know, great, um great stuff but like it's it's a great mix of world building and character work um you know like the we get a little bit of you know luffy uh, luffy's backstory you know or his his a lack of recognition of his backstory um as a way to to talk about what is happening with the revolutionaries but that's basically just a setup for you know the comedy of the the cooking scene which is also setting up probably something, you know, something about how they're going to wind this, the state that they'll be when they wind up getting into big mom's territory, they're all going to be starving um, or delirious or something like that. Um, you know, just the, the, the effortless way that he, he works all that stuff together um, is, uh, is great. I, you know, I liked the, as I said, I liked the Jack reveal. Um, I did want to, to point out also the, uh, the club thing, because that is, um, that is important because if it is, um, you know, every all of our uh, details so far has been hinting that, you know, this is a big kind of a Momotaro um, story being set up here with uh, Onigashima, the island of the ogres. And uh, while I still think that Kaido himself is going to have the um, the dragon fruit powers, um, you know, he he is kind of taking the role of the Oni here, um, which is uh, is really cool to see. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to I, I will be on the lookout for more um, little hints like that before Oda finally kind of reveals everything. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, it's it, it's exciting. I think we're going to start getting into more Big Mom stuff. Uh, I think we we may not see as much Kaido um over the next couple chapters just because i i feel like you know Oda's steering us uh closer and closer towards the other uh storyline um but uh yeah just a, a fantastic uh chapter lots of lots of fun dialogue in this one it was a lot of work but i i think it, it turned out really well it did you did a great did job, a job this week yeah um and every week steven um oh thanks steve um yeah i definitely want to commend steven on the awesome job he did um uh, He's our boy. Gotta love him. He's he's good at his job. Um, but a lot of more funny gags continue. I think uh, Chef Luffy is a great visual gag. Uh, so many things I never picked up on, like you know, carrot biting his ear and Chopper trying to poke his head around all these speech bubbles. Uh, uh, is really good. Some uh, is really good. Like it's great when comic artists can make visual gags out of it being a comic. Like use it to its advantage. Uh, you don't see it all the time, so I, I 
I enjoyed that. Um, I really like the reveal of Jack being a fish man. I, I think it's pretty obvious he's a fish man. Um, oh, yeah. He is he's pretty much the Brock Lesnar of One Piece now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he really, cannot yeah. be stopped. Uh, Kaido, we already get Kaido's quirk, which is uh, it's pretty funny to see it so early, but it's good. I think the 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 great thing about Oda is maybe other than Doflamingo, like all the all these villains get some sort of kind of Oda quirk, nonetheless. Well, maybe like Crocodile and Doflamingo. I think the only two I could think of. Well, Doflamingo had a quirk. A he, he was uh, extremely annoying, um, <laughs> and he never um, went away. <laughs> I. I love the reveal with Kid. I feel like this wasn't really talked about as much as I thought it would be. But when we saw that transponder snail with a poo's face, like there was something about it. I was like, I don't know. Like I can't see Kid aligning himself with an emperor. He'd rather become an emperor. Kid is so freaking heavy metal, anarchy, uh, freaking mosh mosh pit. Well, we talked. He's also younger than everyone else in that alliance, if I remember correctly. He's like. Same, almost, uh, he's younger than Law, but I think he's yeah. Luffy. And it's interesting that he has that sort of youthful, uh, I wonder if, uh, we haven't seen Killer in any of this. And no, yeah. I was actually just going to bring that up. the sense that too. Apu is working with Kaido, at least it seems that way. Maybe Apu betrayed him, maybe Killer betrayed him. You don't yeah, know. I, I, I thought that too, that Killer might just, because I'm thinking back to the first meeting we saw of them, Killer was playing Peacemaker. He's like, yep. hey, this is the greater good. Exactly. I could, I could see that. And I could yeah. just see Hawkins be like, let me just draw this tarot card. And, oh, this is the card that says I should draw. <laughs> and actually, to tie, in, to tie in that, a big, relatively popular theory out there is that Killer might be related to the Vinsmokes. And so if Killer was a Vinsmoke working under, you know, Kid trying to set up this alliance, that might be how this whole Kaido storyline links in with the stuff with Big Mom. Because kind of like what Steven said earlier, it's like it looks like we're going more towards in the Big Mom stuff now. And we're not really going to get as much as Kaido. Um, but I mean, if if Killer was at all involved with any of this and he does end up being somehow related to the Vinsmokes or Germa Double Six, that might be how this all loops back around. Well, Killer's kind of like one of those like uh, kind of go to things because he, he's he's masked. No one knows what the exactly. hell's happening with him. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure there is a reason he has that mask on and I'm sure he's going to be important in some way. I mean, he is one of the supernovas. It is really, I think his absence here is more interesting than anything I've seen from him in the past. Uh, especially uh, we, we kind of knew it was kid in, in the prison cell when we saw it a few chapters ago uh, at that bombshell ending. And we we're like, I wonder how that happened. And uh, in the anime, we saw a lot with kid. Um, I mean, with Apu seemingly kind of, He's on the phone. He's all no. Well, I mean, in the anime, he seemed like, oh, but should we really mess with like Kaido? Or he said something a while back, or he was mm. saying something very nice about Kaido. I remember, or something along those lines. I think we talked about it. Um, so I, I would not. It, it's Apu's style to to you know be on. Yeah, so. Apu's like a is, is scummy. I could totally see him saying like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to align myself with the more powerful guy. Um, and you know, joking aside, Hawkins probably just went with whatever the hell the cards told him he followed the heart of the cards uh <laughs> the the killer thing i think that's a bit of a stretch i think he's sabo um what? <laughs> he's, uh, he's joking you guys are too too soon to the uh the podcast oh God, jokes. Dude. <laughs> uh moving along uh luffy cooking uh, it was a great gag uh it's been so long um 
since uh you know since sanji joined the crew you kind of forgot what it was like that oh yeah these guys didn't eat properly uh <laughs> uh so really fun stuff there of course Nami actually let him cook yeah i know let him do this because she's she's stingy she's like oh no pay me it's like come on one for all <laughs> Nami, geez uh and of course uh it was so great getting to see sanji in present time because we've only seen him in flashbacks so mm. it was really great to see him back um now he and he's he's coming up very mature um right now like all the stuff with dealing well with he's got a chip <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> Let me finish. Can I finish? Can I finish? Like he definitely has a huge chip on his shoulder because of his family, and it's gonna. It, we're gonna see like a very hostile side of Sanji that we haven't seen in quite a while. But of course, we, you know, you 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 got it. Sanji needs ladies, so you got to show him a lady every now and then to kind of ground him and make him a dork. Uh, and it was a great gag. It was a great gag to end it on. Uh, we, I think we all pretty much knew that the three-eyed girl was putting a uh, very nice photo. Uh, you know, she's going to get all the hits on OK Cupid, uh, but <laughs> she's soon to be no, taken. No, it's OK though. Snail. Remember, it's OK Snail. OK Snail. Okay, snail. <laughs> uh, and that's all I have to say. It's another great chapter. It's 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 good. It's all. This is a it really funny chapter. Uh, just it, on a roll, baby. Is a snail the equivalent of a Cupid in the One Piece world? Um, Ed, what did you think of this chapter? I don't have that much to add from what everyone said, but I want to talk about the ramifications of the destruction of Baltio and what the government might or might not be lying about, or what's accurately reported. Because, I mean, Fujitora can't be everywhere, so there's always the chance of a government cover-up of what's actually happened here. Yeah, that's probably what happened. So... And they definitely, and Pedro's right, they definitely would have put it in the newspaper if they had captured anybody of importance. And they would not kill or capture, well, they would capture, but I, they would definitely not kill Dragon and or Sabo off screen. Right. Um, or Koala or someone mm. like, of, I think, any significance. Yeah. I hope they don't kill Koala. Goodness gracious. I mean, well, maybe it was foreshadowed with Koala. In the beginning with oh, the yeah. uh, color spread, maybe oh. that was the foreshadowing of Koala's death. <laughs> <laughs> but Hack, on the other hand, probably dead. No, yeah. I'm, 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 it's, joke, it's joke, yeah. it's joke, it's uh, joke. Although I do, and as Steve pointed out during the recap, I love that panel of the sunny on fire with, uh, it kind of looks like a pyramid in the background with the with small crew in, in front. So um, ramifications of Jack are interesting, but he's kind of, Stuck. I mean, is there's really no way for Kaido to know where he is at all. So he's kind of screwed. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just, no one's mentioned it yet, but uh, Wanda and Bariete get a, a little bit of focus here. And they just, they're, they're, the minks are sort of, they're, they're very cute in kind of everything. Um, so I'll just round off with a couple thoughts and then uh, a couple announcements about next week uh, when it comes to the manga. Um, so this was a great chapter. I think I echo what everyone's saying. I, I don't remember the last time we've had a chapter I didn't like. It's been it's been a while. Um, probably Dressrosa era um, since I was like, oh, come on. Um, th- this is This was just fun all around. Even the exciting stuff was fun with Kaido. Um, I love his quirk. Um, I love that he has a quirk. Uh, I think a lot of shonen fans who read One Piece just expect 
uh, all the villains to be like, oh, this guy's going to be a badass. He's just going to be like, Ur. and I mean, Doflamingo and Crocodile are that, but um, I'm happy Kaido isn't. Um, I love his hair, by the way. He has beautiful hair, long, <laughs> flowy black hair. Long, beautiful hair. Yep. That's going to look cool when he's fighting. It's going to be hard to fucking animate, though. Uh, but the last thing I want to say about this chapter, since I think everything else has been mentioned, is it's just really nice to see the crew or this crew interact with each other on the boat. We don't get a lot of time seeing that uh, in One Piece as much anymore. Uh, so whenever we get an opportunity to glance at that, it's fantastic. Um, and we skipped a few days, too, which is something we kind of didn't discuss. Um, and that means a lot has happened in, in those few days, probably everywhere else. Uh, so I, I'm super curious uh, what what happened during that mini time skip there of several days later. Um, although they don't say how many. I want to know how many. Um, anyway, um, be- before we round off, uh, there is no manga chapter next week. Um, unfortunately, uh, no. you may Fuck you, Oda. <laughs> that's an appropriate reaction from Steve. Um, and that is because of the golden week, uh, holiday. Uh, so next week, Steven, what will, we, what will we be doing? Uh, we're going to go over volume 81 and all of the SBS. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited for that. So yeah, that's usually what we do, uh, when, when there's a break and there's a volume out, I already have volume 71 and I think there's some really cool stuff in there. If I recall. Okay. Do you have volume 81? That's no, I, <laughs> I have 51 and a hundred one. And I got that one advanced. Let's not talk about that. Um, okay. So we'll, that's what we're going to be uh, doing next week. Uh, but why don't we uh, take a break from the manga and talk some anime uh, and Sam's going to lead off our anime recap right now. You guys ready? You let's go. This is the anime recap for episode 738 The Brothers Bond, the untold story behind Luffy and Sabo's reunion. Uh, and our title card begins at 428. Uh, with me today, we have Aaron. Hey guys. And Steve. Hello there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I take you guys to watch the episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I just I just wanted to make sure that this wasn't about to get really awkward. So. Well, I, I was just going to wing it, maybe. I didn't <laughs> Yeah, then Sabo shows up, and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. End of recap. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, I mean, before I'm, I'm kind of trying this thing where I'm sort of highlighting the uh, the staff credits at the beginning of uh, each of these recaps. So just real quick, uh, screenplay this uh, episode is by Hitoshi Tanaka. Uh, episode director slash storyboard artist is Masahiro Hosoda, who I think is the Battle of Gods guy. I hear the uh, last name Hosoda, and I kind of stop for a second. Yeah, I got yeah, a little no, excited. Not, <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, hold up, not, everybody. Not, yeah, not not Mamura, uh, Mamura Hosoda. Yeah. Uh, it's uh the Battle of Gods guys. So, I mean, I had I had a hunch that this uh, episode felt much more movie-like than normal. It, so. I, mm-hmm. I definitely think it was a lot more polished. I think the characters were a lot more... I wouldn't say on model. It's just their models weren't as wonky. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then our general uh, animation director is Shuichi Ito. And from there, uh, you ready to get going into the bulk of the recap? Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, so the episode opens with, you know, a ship on the sea. We got Sabo hanging out. Like, he's not on top of the mast. He's, like, sort of hanging out on one of the little ledges there. Uh, just sort of looking out at sea. Uh, and then having these vague memories of Ace and Luffy, uh, but he hasn't been able to put two and two, and two together that uh, they're people from his uh, past. Um, then we've got uh, Koala interrupting him, uh, just reminding him that they're ready to dock at Baltigo, uh, the revolutionary headquarters. Uh, and she just sort of looks out at sea. And I, like this scene in general, like... Just like seeing like their hair just flowing in the wind, just like looking out at the ocean, uh, really kind of struck with me. Um, uh, especially with like Koala, like she's just like walking out on the deck and stretching and whatnot. It's just, it's just a lot of little touches that I really enjoyed. I really noticed how the voice actors were actually like yelling, like you actually would have to do on a ship instead of just talking in a normal voice. They were like right. talking over the wind, and I just thought it was a, a neat little touch. It seemed really like realistic. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that doesn't happen too often in cartoons. Like, oh, <laughs> are people fighting on top of a train? Well, naturally, they're well balanced, and they can have a uh, you know, uh, inside voice conversation. So, although characters in One Piece yell even when they are inside, so <laughs> that's uh. true. <laughs> uh, and then as they return to the Revolutionary Headquarters, the place is just kind of in chaos, and all the various soldiers of the army are are. Uh, announcing that the Paramount, Paramount War has ended, which is kind of a weird thing because the Paramount War was only like three hours. So it's like, I don't know how... We're in the age of the internet. News travels fast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, you Even saw how fast those news coups got out of Dressrosa as soon as that shit ended, so... Yeah, true, true. Um, well, I mean, I can't imagine... I just imagine, like, the whole... Like, to the rest of the world, it's just like they wake up one day, they look at the newspaper, and it's like, oh, an entire war happened when we weren't looking... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the general panic is, uh, sort of taking over the stronghold and we see, uh, our very own monkey D dragon sort of hitting, uh, sitting, uh, out to the back, uh, hiding in the shadows a bit, just, uh, sort of thinking about the news that he's hearing. Uh, and this is when Sabo and Koala are just sort of passing through while the, we're just sort of reading through the newspaper and they mention, oh, Whitebeard's dead. Sabo's not interested in that. Oh, but some guy named Ace is dead and that, uh. That begins like the big, this big panic attack scene where, uh, you know, Sabo has to grip the newspaper and he has to, he's just staring Ace right in the face. Uh, and eventually, he, like, he's even like, it start, it, does, it doesn't even start with the crying. It starts with like humongous sweat tears, humongous sweat yeah. drops. Just, like, I thought the scene was done so well because it was really quick in the manga, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah, like, it's just like a couple I, panels of him the, freaking the hell out. The funny I thing think, is, I, I disagree. Really? <laughs> do. I don't know. Um, it just, it felt a little awkward, like just that. <laughs> well, the voice acting was kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough scene to act out, but yeah. I just thought like, eh, this is, well, one of my beefs was with this episode was an original beef I had when the manga chapter came out. I was like, oh, Sabo just so happened to remember Ace at this point in time. How convenient. But then everyone immediately, like, as soon as we got the episode out, I think I found out after we recorded, but too late to kind of add on the episode. People were saying like, oh, you know, because Sakazuki translates to, you know, Sake Cup, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
Yeah. And, and people's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, that makes way more sense, you know, because he connects those words like it kind of gets lost in English. But mm -hmm. wow, that's like it's like that's really creative. And never once does he read the name Sakazuki. <laughs> so I was like, well, I mean, oh, we're they... back to my original. <laughs> wouldn't team. they call him Akainu anyway? Because that's his like Marine name. True. But like everyone still like, you know, knew he was previously Sakazuki. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I and I. I, I, I'm not going to pull up the manga chapter now because it's a pain in the ass to find. But uh, I remember like a panel, basically. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I could have swore like Sakazuki was like was you know the name was featured in that article. So I thought like, oh, that's a really good you know connection. But now it's kind of just back to oh, you know, Ace is like one of the most notorious pirates in all the world, but the name only clicks with him after he's dead. Uh, it, it's not like I. It's like oh, I hate this. No, but I'm like ah, it just seems a little too easy for me. But I like well, to I like to believe the Sakazuki thing was was also a connection, but the anime really didn't play up on that. Would uh, you call that your head cannon, Steve? Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm with Aaron. I think this is an awesome scene. Like I like, there's just something about uh, it's like a progression, right? Like you you it's like an immersive scene where you're watching it sort of develop and grow. Like it starts with like the sweat and then he starts crying and then he has to fall over. And it's just like, uh, all while like cutting back and forth between, uh, his memories, uh, as being with, of Ace and Luffy as kids, uh, which they edited in a very unique way for, uh, Toei. I think like, uh, like I remember there's like a shot where, uh, it cuts back and, and Ace is opening the bottle and you think, oh, we're going to spend like a solid 30 seconds revisiting this scene. But no, then like the second the bottle's open, we're back to Sabo and then suddenly we're cutting back to it's just uh, it's really treating uh, those flashbacks like a barrage of memories. And the music is uh, like surprisingly scary. Like it sounds like something sounds like one of the scary parts of like an old golden age Hollywood movie. Um like and it's just it's just so uh dramatic in the way it's executed and it's it's so uh deliberately focused on sort of putting you inside Sabo's head and really making you wonder what kind of feelings he's having as he's going through this whole thing. Uh yeah. Yeah, like I I don't know, like I just think that uh that was that was always kind of one of the things I actually really liked about uh, the amnesia subplot in the manga, like just just that moment where there's like a trigger that happens, and he get, and he has to have like this humongous like life changing moment because of it. Um, uh, and then from there, uh, we man, I'm trying to read my notes, but like there's a million notes just on the panic attack scene. Uh, oh wow, you guys really love that scene. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh. We have him basically. He just falls back, uh, as you see in that one manga panel. He just he sort of falls back and collapses, uh, and then he has to wake up. He, he you know koala's right there. All his friends are there. Hacks there, uh, and uh, she's uh, koala's sort of crying over Sabo, saying he she was worried he was dead, and Hack uh, fills him in and says he was out for an entire three days. Uh, he went to basically just a full blown coma. Uh, I remember Koala's voice was really weird in the scene. Her crying uh, performances. Yeah, I mean, have we heard her cry before? I don't. Not that I know of. I mean, is I don't. Yeah. I don't even know if it's the same. Is it the same actress who played her when she was a kid? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, no, I don't know either. 
Uh, She's real cute, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, Sabo, you know, he sits up in bed and he reveals that, yeah, he's got his memories back. Uh, and I remember just thinking in this episode how much Koala really does look like a me. <laughs> like in this episode, <laughs> especially. Like, yeah, I know. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's very appropriate for what's been going on in my life lately. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I just thought that was a weird, uh, Thing. And then Sabo mentions that he he really wants to talk to Dragon about something, uh, probably because he he realizes at this point that Luffy is uh, Dragon's son. Uh, and then we cut back to the present uh, where uh, Zoro is getting mad at Kinemon for drinking all the booze, and Kinemon is just saying like, "Who who can't drink booze during a good story like this?" So he's drinking and eating at the same time and crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they're basically just getting worried about their uh, their provisions, the the food that they're going to bring along when they have to leave Dressrosa. Uh, and they're like, you know, we don't. And Robin makes the point that you know we don't need booze, but the food's going to be all gone once Luffy wakes up. Uh, and uh, Frankie mentions like, well, you know, all of our, our the whole crew eats a lot, but I figured Luffy's probably still a good sixty percent of that. Uh, Frankie uh, wants to hear the rest of the story. Frankie's a good. He's, he's a man who likes a good sob story. Uh, and then we bring ourselves to the scene at Ace and Whitebeard's grave. Uh, this is another scene that just really, really pleasant looking. Uh, it's, like there's a lot of stuff in this episode that like, I had to double check that they weren't uh, repeating from episode of Sabo, but I don't think they were. I, I could have swore this was because I remember uh sabo having a very distinct design in that special and it it looked like this was just picked right from it yeah i mean the thing that i just remember the the sort of color tone in episode of sabo is so different from the regular tv show uh it's the i couldn't actually find the grave scene in episode sabo when i went flipping through it but the the art style like looking at the two episodes compared to each other like the art style episode sabo is is pretty different um uh we've got sabo he's pouring the you know the cups of sake uh in just sort of a memoriam of ace and their whole brotherly bond he's got a little uh post fishman island newspaper with all the straw hats and uh their little cool uh photos that they didn't end up being on their new wanted posters but i still kind of like seeing those in the in that newspaper uh Let's see here. Uh, he, you know, does his thing. He he starts to head out, and that's when he has to he has to phone home and tell Koala that there's a certain devil fruit that he wants, uh, and that's uh, we know that that is the flame flame fruit back in Dressrosa. Uh, and then that's when it brings us to uh, a lot of repeated footage of when Ace and Sawo met, uh, remet in uh, Dressrosa, uh, but now we've got that uh, the Path to the Sun track playing over it which i think uh i don't know like i i didn't feel burdened by the repeat repeated footage in this episode like i did last week like last week it really felt like it was just wasting time but this uh in this particular instance like i really enjoyed seeing that scene again with especially with you this know, music. i didn't even realize that it was a repeated scene until you just mentioned it well most of it is it, it changes part way through it changes uh oh, because okay. Yeah, because we didn't get we didn't get to see the whole reunion back in Dressrosa back during like the 
one third point of Christophe, because uh, the anime was busy hiding Sabo's face and whatnot. Uh, but uh, yeah, then we we get more of the scene. We get to see Luffy and Sabo talking about the whole situation, and and Luffy. Uh, continuing to cry and continuing to be uh, over the moon that uh, his long lost uh, older brother is actually still alive. Uh, and he actually hugs Sabo's face with his crotch, which is, <clears throat> yeah, like uh, I liked, I really liked it once it, it uh, came forward into the, the new footage where it's uh, uh, a Luffy just continuing to act in total shock over Sabo. Like, there's just a lot of little touches in the animation. Like I like uh, Luffy running backwards and falling, uh, hitting his head against the little pillar and, and then stretching his arms out so he can uh, pull himself closer to Sabo and a hug uh, in the aforementioned crotch face hug. Um, yeah. And they just, they hug it out. Uh, Luffy, Luffy continues to keep his crotch in Sabo's face, even that while they're like looking each other in the eye and like having a moment, like, yeah, we're back together. Well, uh, Sabo's not even hugging him. He's just standing there stoically. <laughs> like, at least oh. smiling. He's like... He, he, yeah, like, but it's good, like, good dude, to see you, pal. he hasn't seen this kid in like, what, a decade? And right. he's just like, oh, hey, bro. Yeah, I think he's just been... He's been mentally preparing himself for this moment. Um, <laughs> uh, that's when uh, Sabo asks Luffy if he can be the one who eats the flame flame fruit and Luffy nod. The animation on Luffy's nod was really cute. Like the way his hair like sort of flips up and down. Uh, and he's like, Luffy is just so like, just like seeing his face, like seeing his crying, happy face. Like it's impossible not to get uh, an emotional reaction out of you. Like there's just something so pure about him. Uh, and he nods like saying, yeah, that's exactly what should happen. Uh, and then we come back to the present. Uh, and Frankie's crying and uh, I, this is what was funny is that I, I made a note while I was making, I was writing out the notes and I was like, man, Frankie's crying into a circuitry. That's probably a problem. But then like a few scenes later, it's actually like exploding in his face uh, because water plus electricity. Uh, uh, Sabo uh, reveals that he made a Viver card, card of Luffy uh, and he gives it to Zoro and Zoro asks, where'd you get this? And Sabo just doesn't answer uh and we will probably never know um and so he just gets to say hey guys take good care uh and then yeah frankie's eye actually does spark from the tears yeah and so now sabo's you know generally just saying goodbye and uh we get uh, a little flashback to when ace was saying goodbye to the crew back in alabasta uh it's always weird to cut back to the scene because it's different in the anime than it is in the manga uh and then We've get we go we come back to the revolutionary friends like Sabo and Hack and all of them uh, talking to Sabo on the phone and Sabo just just straight up hangs up on Hack uh, continuing my theory that uh, Hack is just sort of uh, he's sort of a punching bag it turns out like I didn't, it didn't really occur to me until last week when uh, the anime was just dumping on him but. Uh, Heck, it's the short of the end of the stick more often than not. Also, I think Sabo represents those people that you talk to and they don't say goodbye. They just hang right. out. Right. Yeah. You mean the worst people? <laughs> I, I think Oda's had experience with that lately and he's just like, <laughs> screw that. I'm going to put this in yeah. the comic. And Hack tries to take out his anger by randomly punching one of his, one of the other re- revolutionaries for no reason. And the revolutionaries sort of sidesteps it. Uh, we got 
uh, Sabo just sort of hanging out in the nighttime flower field. I really like, uh, I just like how, I just like the scenery of this place, just the flower field at night. And, you know, these ravens or crows or whatever they are, are coming down. And we're kind of supposed to be uh, curious about what that's about. And then we cut to uh, the other side of the island where Fujitora is uh, rolling a die with uh, his men surrounding him, uh, asking the men to point out what number it is. And they tell him uh, he rolled a one. And that conveniently is the number that Fujitora decided would mean he does not chase Straw Hat this particular night. He's going to try again some other time. Uh, and Catman sort of plays the straight man uh, against Fujitora and reminds him, like, <laughs> you know, Sakazuki just yelled at you, like, this morning, right? Uh, and Fujitora states... A man shouldn't grumble like that after the die has been cast. You're pathetic. Um, then we cut to the palace where uh, all the other gladiators and friends we met in Drososa are sleeping. You get Hakaba sort of trying to break out of the chains. Um, then we follow uh, the scene with, with Rebecca meeting up with Riku outside in the sort of the courtyard area. Um, and... Uh, Riku lets Rebecca know that he just got a call from Kiros and that he's with the Straw Hats and everything is going to be good and safe and all right. And uh, is, Rebecca's just generally revealed, revealed, relieved to hear this. Uh, and Riku uh, mentions, you know, if I become a king again, you'll be a pr princess. And uh, Rebecca seems kind of surprised by this. And then the scene cuts. Uh, Rebecca doesn't understand simple things. If I'm right. king, that makes you a princess. What? No. <laughs> really? Are you right. sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then we cut again to Sabo flying on the back of one of these ravens that are much bigger than we suspected based on the original shot. Uh, and he's sort of flying away from Dressrosa, talking to some mysterious voice who I assume is one of the ravens. Uh and he just sort of says, yeah, it was great to see my brother again. Uh, I'm happy that we had this experience. And then uh, that wraps us up the, the episode. I have a question. Was this voice credited at all? Oh, I don't know. It, I, it probably isn't, and I hope it isn't. But it kind of sounded like Norio Wakamoto. And I was just like, no, 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 <laughs> it's, it's too soon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wait, who would you want Norio Wakamoto to be? I, I'm really hoping he's going to voice Vegapunk. Oh, man. <laughs> that would be perfect. If he was one of the Ravens, that would mean that uh, Toei would have to know who the Raven is. Yeah. I, mean, I think maybe... just in general, giving it to giving a voice, I think they have to go to Oda and be like, all right, who, who is this guy? Right. True. True. Uh, any general thoughts on the episode? It was good. Um, I thought the I thought the animation. Uh, I, th I think the overall look of the episode was much better than last week's, despite it having some great fight animation. It like the parts was kind of just more low key. Was I thought were pretty lackluster. I thought this was a a better looking episode, and uh, you know it wraps up Saba's story pretty well. I I thought it was good. I I, I really have no complaints. I didn't love it, but I think it's a Hey, it's a solid episode, and I think Sabo fans will especially dig it. Yeah, um, I feel the same way. I feel like 
you know, Dressrosa has dragged in a lot of parts and it was nice to just get a real fast paced episode that was sort of cut really interestingly. And I actually like didn't surf on my phone while watching this episode this week. So Mm -hmm. that's saying something. Yeah, I think for the most part, yeah, this episode had my full attention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I was actually pretty enamored by this episode. Uh, I gave it an A on uh, Anime News Network. Um, it was it was a move. It was an episode. Like I, I said earlier in the in the segment, like there was definitely like a movie feel to it. Like there's definitely a, a more uh, attentive staff working on this and and trying to uh, bring the most out of each scene. Uh, like just just throughout the entire episode, it, it felt uh, it felt like it was actually trying to be like cinematically interesting like basically the entire way through so yeah like i, I don't know like something about this episode really kind of struck a chord with me like i was i i watched it through i've probably watched it through a good six times uh right now but i mean that's mostly an accident uh that's those those are circumstances beyond my control but uh regardless uh it's an episode that something in the direction really was not what we're used to seeing at least we haven't seen for a while uh it it was just something that i really kept wanting to comb through and just kept wanting to to recognize that there are actually creative decisions being made that every second uh of you know any kind of big project like an animation project you gotta be making choices you know through and through but uh with one piece it often feels like they're kind of on autopilot so it's when you get an episode that really feels like there's uh, a lot of sort of creative intent going on. Uh, I don't know, like that, that really, uh, I just really appreciated that. Uh, and then any last thoughts, you guys? That was, that was very nice. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, uh, it, it, I thought it was a well-paced episode. It was a good looking episode. Um, not one of my favorites, but I thought, you know, we really benefited from this little, two episode Saba arc it really uh filled in some of the uh i wouldn't say the the holes of uh Saba's backstory but really broadened it out and made it a lot more fulfilling than i think the manga was so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah uh like i i pretty much could have done completely without last week's episode like that one didn't give me anything new no uh, but- uh we didn't need it but uh I think it was a nice treat. I mean, it was nice to see him interact. I, I think to kind of like develop the bond he has with the other revolutionaries. Uh, and it was cool to even see him interact with Kuma, which we didn't see at all in the manga. I mean, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about last week's episode, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, even, even the cool ideas just kind of felt inconsequential. But anyway, uh, really, really, That's really filler. dug. Yeah. <laughs> Really, really dug this episode. Uh, it's that's this is the kind of stuff I really like to see One Piece do, and I like to see uh, One Piece the the anime actually feel engaged uh, from time to time, uh, which is what I feel like I got out of this episode. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and then is that about it with you guys? I'm good. All right, so ready to move on to the next segment? Let's do it. All yeah. right, let's go. Taka to Taka, it's time for the piece together segment. Oh no. 
<laughs> I, it's, I know there's an ominous feeling over uh, overhead, but I think yeah. uh, he's gotta start it off a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the accent for that, or is that how, actually how that is pronounced? Um, anyway, I think it's Krakata Taka. I think you said it right. <laughs> Krakata Taka. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's uh, let's go through some piece together, and let's start with uh, emails. These are questions, comments, theories, all that fun stuff. Um, this first one comes from Drake. Uh, I don't know if it's the Drake from One Piece, but uh, he uh, sends in some movie titles using One Piece. This is something we did uh, last week. Uh, I forgot the original question, but let's go through some of these. And uh, I want to hear a thumbs up or thumbs down from each of these. Okay, so yay or nay, you could say. Uh, the Four Emperor's New Groove. Mm -hmm. Can you hear my thumbs up? <laughs> <laughs> Along came Polly. <laughs> okay, I think that one. I think that one's good. Goodwill of D hunting. Yeah. Really, I like nice, that one. Nice try. It's clever. Uh, singing in the lightning rain. It's a little uh, specific. Uh, the Shawshanks redemption. <laughs> I like that. That's, That's good so far. <laughs> uh, Shandy and Psycho. It's oh, a little forced. This one is, I think, my favorite. Uh, slug, slum Dog Store Millionaire. Nice. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> well, you got the delayed no, Steve laugh, which is of, like the best. At the end of uh, at the end of Slum Dog <laughs> Dog Store Millionaire, they actually played Jizo. Is the song that they <laughs> <laughs> clever, clever? Um, Madam Shirley and the Chocolate Factory. I don't. I don't get it. Charlotte, uh, the chocolate factory. What's eating? Mm -hmm. I get it. What's eating Charlotte pudding? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna answer that uh, question. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably Sanji. I mean, yeah. hey, like he'd know how. Oh, <laughs> she she's right. This, yeah, you're this, actually right. Yeah, yeah. This just in, Charlotte's wed ding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my big fat arranged wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't get the ones that make you laugh, Steve. I don't. I don't know where the. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at Steve now. Uh, 1524 is Sea Odyssey. I don't even get that one unless that's the date of the. Uh, but like the. What it's one supposed thing. to be no, I, I I understand the original movie, Steve. Thank you. Uh, and Barbara Blanca. Um, so they... <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a... How it's do you, a... you not get that, Zach? We named an episode Barbara Blanca, Blanca Porque. Porque. I get it. Yeah. yeah. But what's so funny about it? <laughs> it's It just reminded me of that. <laughs> okay. Not so fast, Schmattenheimer. Come on. Come on. Anyway, uh, Blair uh, has the next question. Uh, her twin and her, uh, I think it's a her. I apologize if not. Uh, her twin and her are having a One Piece themed birthday party this year. They're turning 28. I know we're old. and Really, I'm older. Don't worry. Uh, and several other people here. Uh, but that just means that we could do whatever we want. So she wanted to know if you had any suggestions on how to make a dream come true. I'm going to say, what would you do for a One Piece themed birthday, I think, to make, you know, if you could do whatever you want? Well, I would probably have my birthday. 
I first I would hire a bunch of people who would be Amazonians. I would hire them to be Amazonians, and I would have like a giant Amazon Lily birthday. I'm good. This is and getting then, steamy. No, it'd be no. It's it wouldn't be. Well, I guess it could be steamy. <laughs> yeah, the cake. In fact, yeah, the cake could be one of those fake mouse pads that you guys came up with, and oh, it would yeah. be Luffy's family mm. jewels. That actually would be awesome. Are they going to show up with a boombox? Because that's how you know it's going to get steamy. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect answer. Uh, so now they know what to do. Uh, next one uh, comes from Nick. Oh, I, I thought I... Oh, yeah, could've... Steve, please. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's nothing too grand, but like if it's a one-piece themed party, you got to have it on a boat. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, how about they, you know, you know how about... the life-size uh thousand sunny and just like have a big old party i would hire somebody to bury treasure on an island and then make me a map to it and then me and my friends would go and find the treasure okay that's pretty fun i I like that it's actually let's do it is the treasure at the end though do they open up the box and does it say that it was the the journey that they've been on and it's actually their (laughs) friendship (laughs) you open the box and it's a nice cooler filled with really good beer and you drink it The gift was the party that I gave all to you. You should be <laughs> thankful you came to my party. <laughs> but by the way, just so uh, Roger, what Roger said was a joke, and Oda debunked that theory. It's not no, that. Oh, I know for sure. No, I just for people listening. Um, anyway, uh, the Nick Nick has a theory, but uh, I think more importantly, he has another movie title. Uh, and who could forget the classic when Steli met Sally? Um, <laughs> I don't know how we didn't think of that. No, it's when Harry uh, met Stilly. Harry? Uh, when Sally met Stilly. When Sally met Stilly. <laughs> if anything. Um, okay, uh, next one comes from uh, Ben Wild, who uh, we, we know from last week because he gave us uh, some trivia questions. And he said, great job, six out of six. Well done, guys. Yeah! <laughs> It's a hundred. It's a hundred twenty for the podcast. Thank you, Ben. And by the way, yeah, Ed, get the money, dollar dollar <laughs> bill, y'all. Yep. Anyone who wants to quiz us and and give us money, we're fine. We're fine. Just you know, answering questions. Um, that's up to you guys. We did a lot better this time than we did last time. I think we got like one last time. Uh, but he also has a question, uh, and that is, uh, do you think that the four uh, emperors set up their territory based on the red poneglyphs? Hmm. It could be. How would they read them? Yeah. Or find them in the first place? So. I mean, they might see them as actually red poneglyphs and then be like okay this is my base now and uh, i don't know yes that makes sense (laughs) i'm safe when i'm touching this (laughs) (laughs) you can't you can't tag me when i'm touching this that's that's how that works king of the hill um anyway uh liam uh tasker not dasker tasker uh taskmaster the task the task liam master um taskmaster Hi, OPP. I was wondering what current in-serialization manga you are reading. Uh, Roger, you're not on as much. I'm more curious about, about you. Uh, it's not going to be super super duper fun because it's actually also a Shonen Jump series, but I am really into Food Wars now. Like, really into Food Wars because I watched the first season uh, and I did reviews for my channel, and then a bunch of people were like, oh, are you excited for the second season of the anime? And so I watched the trailer and I basically, like, needed to know more so i just like blazed through every volume of food wars 
And now I'm completely caught up. I'm reading it week to week, and I just I love it. Food Wars is like that perfect series. If you're a fan of One Piece and you like just the right amount of action and comedy, it's like and nudity, fantastic. And nudity, and nudity. That's true. Yes, yeah. definitely. Oh, thinking girls yeah. and Food Wars. You yeah, answer, <laughs> Steve. Uh, <laughs> what other in serialization? It's weird because I just asked this on Twitter, uh, not realizing this was pieced together. Question. Uh, really, all I read is uh, One Piece, and uh, I guess. I guess One Punch Man still counts. Oh, yeah. Uh, One Punch Man, too. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. read that. Like, stuff that's in current uh, serialization. Yeah, that's it. It's weird because I'm I, I'm looking to expand. Like, I'm subscribed to Jump, but I really don't read anything in it. Uh, I do it for the OP, so. Aaron? Oh, oh, oh crap. Um, well, no, I do. you're done. You're done. That's it. Oh, no. oh, never mind. S- Steve, go ahead. Steve. Oh, oh, you'll never find out what the, what the, <laughs> what the, what the ancient country was now, Zach. Nope. Damn it. <laughs> he knew this whole time and he hasn't told me. Um, no, Steve. It was was... <laughs> <laughs> no, ow, I've been shot. Oh. It's Nisekoi from Nisekoi. She'll never wake up. The name of the ancient kingdom was Nisekoi. Um, Nisekoi. That's the joke. <laughs> uh Aaron, what um i'm only reading one piece right now the only other currently serialized manga that i um i don't read it weekly but i do buy the volumes when they come out is um it's black butler don't judge me guys you're such a girl oh, <laughs> the lady bits and everything <laughs> no um it's just it's a series that I picked up when I was studying abroad back in 2008 because the art was really cool and it's Victorian and that's really my jam. I know everybody else really likes it because there's like a sexy butler and a sexy kid. Oh yeah, the, that Michael Tate, he's so mm. hot. <laughs> no, no, Steve, Steve, she's talking about the manga. I know, I know that's how you feel, but <laughs> oh, does he do do the voice in the anime? Yeah. Oh, I only ever saw it in Japanese, and I think I deleted it from my memory. Um, <laughs> well, well, watch it in English, and then uh... I should watch it in English. But yeah, that's uh, that's the only thing I'm reading right now. Um, anyone else? Ed, did you say? Um, there aren't any currently serialized things that I'm reading. Wow, usually you're pretty on top of things. Um, I'm just, no, I I've, I don't read a lot of new manga. I watch more anime, but I don't read manga that's current. I'm reading Monster and uh, still have the last book of Akira that I haven't touched yet. Yeah, I'm waiting until I think the last Monster comes out before <laughs> I start uh, back into it because they take so long to wait for something. Okay. And I read those books in like five minutes. So it's – I know they're like 800 pages. Are you, but Johnny Five? I don't get that reference. Mm-hmm. Um, Damn. Uh, he also – Liam also says, P.S. Over the past while, there have been theories about Oda being influenced by, by Zootopia, but he should point out that Zootopia didn't release uh, until two days ago as of recording, the uh, mm-hmm. 23rd of April uh, So in, in Japan. So there goes that theory. My theory is he saw an early screening. <laughs> uh, next one comes from Sean. Uh, Cadet Hat Sean, to be precise. Uh, how's it hanging? Uh, so there's two uh, things he wants to ask. Uh, what if the revolutionaries had a self-destruct mechanism and hit that before deciding to vacate? I'm going to say a la Inspector Gadget here. Uh, with no recorded... That's the one I know that from. Uh, with no recorded casualties, I would uh, think the group abandoned that location to move on to a backup base. Uh, what do you guys think? It's like Mr. Burns' escape pod and Sabo's in and Hack's trying to come in too. He's like, but I want to put my feet up. <laughs> any i don't have any serious thoughts about that 
It's possible. Yeah. I think it's yeah. perfectly cromulent. Uh, I mean, there's any number of things the government could be covering up. Uh, the, se- the second question is, assuming barbecue time is a given. Barbecue? Uh, barbecue. What are some quotable scenes for any of you guys that can almost always make you laugh or liven up the mood in a conversation, be it from the manga or any of the dubs? You see, the problem is most of them are from the jokes we make here. But yeah. <laughs> well, Sanji laughing in the anime in the, the early se- in the first season. Well, Ed, Ed you do that can, perfectly. May I hear it again? Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just YouTube Sanji laugh. Uh, yeah. You will find that clip. It's amazing. The funny thing I should point out uh, with the whole barbecue time thing is we thought that was just like a localization from that test dub. Uh, Steve's friend Mike, who you know y'all remember, especially Zach because he recorded with us recently. He told me he had been rewatching the series dubbed, and he watched the odd piece, and he's like, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, Luffy was actually looking for barbecue. Like that's in the Funimation dub too." And I'm like. Let's just keep that our little secret. <laughs> um, but do they make the best piggies on the blanket in the whole island? That's the question. I'm trying to think of lines in One Piece. I like it makes me laugh. I don't know. Like One Piece isn't so much like uh, you quote it and you laugh. I think One Piece is kind of more of just like the the actions of the characters, like the visual gags. But I mean, laughs so themselves. Monkey. That's so monkey. Mm-hmm. That's so monkey. Yeah, all of it's just our own bits. Uh, I do like saying it's a mystery from time to time. Yeah. When something's, when something's really, like, complex or, like, no one knows the answer, I'm like, oh, it's a mystery. Or no, no, the whole point of saying it's a mystery is when you do know the answer. Um, ah, other than that, I, 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 can't really, I can't really think of anything. Um, well, anyone else then while he's thinking? For sure, the Caesar clown laugh. I mean, for whatever reason, like my whole friend group just like will randomly do the Caesar clown laugh when we want to sound insane. Like out of nowhere, we'll just go shit, oh, no, 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 <laughs> and like I I don't know why I do that or why my friends do that, but uh, it's just fun. I like Caesar clown. Don't judge me. Oh no, I love Caesar clown. Yeah, me too. He's a, he's I hilarious. see this chapter. He I'm in good company. Yeah, where nice. was he? That is a good yeah, question. He's a real son of a bitch. Uh, he is that too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He tries to, you know, kill children. I don't one one piece is not oh, man, one piece is not that kind of series for me. It's weird. I like Ed's um Ed's uh impression of I think it was Robus doing his impression of Usopp. My Usopp. <laughs> <laughs> that is a callback to four hundred oh, yes. episodes ago. How about how about like, we extend this just to what are some of the things from the show that we always say? Barbecue time is. You always. mean from the podcast? I mean, yeah, from the podcast. Can go on for weeks. I'm not doing this. So monkey. Uh, <laughs> These are just from like the last like 20 episodes. Or everyone, oh yeah, big boy. Oh yeah, big boy. I think pretty regularly I tweet out Jammer with that butt wiper picture. I think I, I tune with that pretty regularly. <laughs> oh, just um, Jammer in general. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Speaking of Fire Crouch, I don't think fans will really remember this, but back when he recorded all the Bagel Time stuff, oh my god, uh, when he was doing his, and I'll put in air quotes, John Cleese British accent. When I when he said he made him eat bagels, he made him eat bagels and said and say this, and he played his part well. He got into character, and I remember listening to some of it for the first time when we were in Atlanta. That was the that was the weekend they premiered Strong World, and yeah. Zach's playing this for me yeah. and Ed. And when Firecrouch said like five American dollars, <laughs> I lost my shit. Uh, the fact that he emphasized on American. I was like, I, I think I remember falling on the bed. I was laughing that hard. I 
It was just the worst accent. It's like five American dollars. And five American like, dollars. And like, like it was so stupid. Like no one will, no one will probably think it's that funny. But you, if you were there, you just yeah, guys. Inside jokes. Shit. Rest of the podcast episode. Let's go to the next. Well, now, question. well, also, I think if you if you uh, subscribe to us on our Patreon, if you donate on our Patreon, you might have heard um, a a live. Uh, you know, a live reading of the uh, of the previous manga chapter. Uh, I think there's so many things coming from that that are going to be remembered. For, uh, you mean Ed's new favorite word? Um, yeah, Should I say it, Ed? Should I say it? No, no, no. You gotta, you gotta it's, okay, it's just, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, there are 14 people who get this. I know that because I saw that's how many people listen. Um, Next one comes from uh, Tamara, who says, long time, no email. I was just listening to Arcs of Consequence, uh, the Arcs of Consequence, and wondering how you would rank Zoe. Uh, keep up the good work. Last week's manga recap was great. I'm glad you enjoyed the last week's manga recap. Uh, I was super scared because it was crazy. Um, not that this week's was not. Um, but yeah, what... I, I mean, I think we're going to wait a couple months or years before, like, formally placing it. But um, Oh, that's, o- that's only after... It's only after Joey says. What do you mean? Oh no, I'm thinking because you asked. Oh, so when should we do our read through? And Joey came in there with the freaking with the wisdom, and I hope that kind of nips that read through in the bud for now. No, I didn't even see his answer. You could tell me right now. Oh, he said it's like one of the benefits of like doing the read through you know, and the arc rankings was that it had we had years between you know between mm. us you know between when that arc ended, so we had a lot more to reflect on and how it plays into the story. So, uh, well, I could I find exactly I, what I, I, I were I, I ranking kind of so. in the read through into this. This is kind of more about the arc rankings, but I think I, I want a little bit more time because I even gone back and read Dress Rosa and I want to give Dress Rosa some time before I could really assess it. Hmm. Um, I, I mean, I could find, uh, where we would have ranked it. I, I would probably put it pretty damn high. I mean, there wasn't like a moment in it I didn't enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. and it was different, which is rare to say in a one piece arc. I mean, does anyone have any thoughts of like, I, I guess a tier they'd put it in? Or? Well, like I'm, I'm literally in the process right now of recording my arc review for Zoe because uh, I like to do that pretty much just like after every arc wraps up. But Zoe, brave was the, soul. Oh uh, yeah, I know. But uh, Zoe was the first arc that I actually completed from beginning to end since starting my YouTube channel because um, I came into Dress Rosa about, I think it was around the time of like the Sabo reveal. I started doing YouTube videos. Um, so I like. Just for that alone, it has a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. But I feel like because every chapter of Zoe, almost every chapter, excluding some of the stuff in the beginning where we were waiting for Sanji, like every chapter was so good. And just the way Oda told the story and having so much of it in flashback, finding out so much about the world, like about the Poneglyphs and the samurai, the big Rizo surprise about how, you know, Rizo was actually there the whole time and Jack knew and then that final panel with Zoe just destroying Jack's fleet like uh, I, I, that's one of my favorite arcs for sure it's definitely I could say for sure it's in my top five well here as I could, of right I could now. confirm for you where you would place it because I have your list from our arcs of consequence oh do you <laughs> yeah so I could figure out where you put it do you think it's better than Tresrosa yes for sure do you think it's better than Drum Island uh I don't know. <laughs> like, that, I have to give it some time. Yeah. Okay. Drum Island's like, yeah, that's like an untouchable arc for me. That's so like, it's probably sense. it's probably number six for you then. 
There you go. I could, I could do this quickly. Uh, I mean, Steven, do you, did you like Zoe better than the Sabaody arc? Um, I don't remember. You don't remember <laughs> Zoe? Or I, don't remember. I don't remember what I voted. No, I'm you literally this, wrote half I'm of not, the dialogue for Zoe. I'm not going to let you railroad me like this, Seth. No, I'm railroading you. Did you. All I'm asking is, did you like it more or less than that arc? And you're going to turn around. But in this other statement, you said, <laughs> no, and I just, quote. Just because I'm a lawyer doesn't mean I'm going to do that. I'm totally going to do that. Hmm. <laughs> I think see I, th- I think the the thing with Zoe is it's going to depend on how the next arc plays out sure. because it's kind of set up like one of the reasons that I like Jaya so much is that it's setting up Skypia and I really you know Skypia was my number one arc. So um if it if I had not liked Skypia as much and you know that was so kind of integral to Jaya then you know maybe that would retrospectively have um kind of knocked my opinion of it down a little bit so it, i i'm still letting letting things play out before i uh, judge it I, I mean i mean i think it's fair to say that you need to be at least one arc away from the arc to like exactly. properly judge it I, I mean i know we did dress rosa but i'm sure that'll mm-hmm. change too and i think if anything it might be going down slightly in some of our uh rankings because yeah. it's um, inevitable that every time you start a new arc you're like oh man this one's so much better than that last one because you have fatigue and um, I mean, yeah. whenever we're done with Whole Cake Island, I think Zoe will be easier to to mm-hmm. digest. Um, I mean, if anyone else, I could I could see where you originally put them. I think Aaron, this was before you joined. We got to get your arcs of consequence at some point. Um, gotta gotta figure that out. Um, but I I think that's it for emails, uh, Stephen. If you want to go to Reddit. All right, let's uh, let's crack these out. Um, we'll start off with uh, Taukoon23, longtime fan, first-time asker. Um, wants to know, what do you guys think about Vivi being able to land safely after falling from such a height uh, when she jumped off the uh, crow's nest in the ship? Does that mean she has gotten a lot more stronger physically speaking? Do you think she would be capable of fighting opponents on her own at this point? Not the greatest gauge for determining one's strength, but a feat I was impressed with nonetheless. Um, um, do you guys remember the time when she like hacked off Crocodile's head? <laughs> just uh, just gonna lay yeah. that down right there. <laughs> well, I was gonna go back to Alabasta. Remember when like the Straw Hats were trying to help BB climb up, you know, the clock tower? And remember how that was really high? And remember how they how they fell one by one and hit concrete? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, the, these physics don't don't matter in anime yeah. remember yeah, when the cool. going mary set sail from kokoyashi and nami jumped like 30 freaking feet <laughs> <laughs> she's fine look when you yeah. eat your tangerines and you work out you can do like a 30 foot long jump <laughs> it's the tangerine diet yes uh trade um, on that topic, Holy Kai Moly asks, because Luffy used all the rations on the Sunny and the crew is facing starvation, could this be the time for the crew to eat some of Nami's tangerines? And this is interesting. In parentheses, and if so, could Monet's fruit, if she truly died, be one of them that gets eaten? Oh, that got grisly. Uh, it's I- assuming she did, right? Yeah. So I, I love that theory. I've done numerous videos on my channel about the Monet devil fruit being in the tangerine tree theory because uh, just to give a little bit of like backstory I guess to this for people who don't remember in Punk Hazard uh, when somebody dies and you're a devil fruit user your powers get transferred into the nearest fruit and uh, in Punk Hazard the only other thing that was left 
after the events of the ending of that arc, uh, when Monet dies, is the Thousand Sunny, and the Thousand Sunny has the tangerines on the back. And we have that very clear panel of those bunnies that look just like the snow bunny attack that Monet used to do, floating underneath the Thousand Sunny as they were leaving. So I always kind of assumed that that was like her devil fruit power transferring into one of those tangerines. Um, and then now the really big popular theory out there is that Carrot, being like a bunny, a white rabbit, could potentially eat the snow fruit and become a snow bunny. And then that would give her more reason to join the crew. And I'm, by the way, with you guys after last week's episode, like, Carrot for Straw Hat, for sure. I love her. Um, and I mean, what more of a marketable character could you have? I mean, no, it's a, you can't. a talking cute mink bunny girl with a Logia snow devil fruit. Right there, sign so me much, up. So much better than Captain Killjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that um, Law? Are you talking about Law? <laughs> we're going to get in trouble again. Yeah, we're going to... No. He's part of the alliance. You could say all you want about him. I still love him. He's our why, does Traf- why, did, why does Trafalgar Law's attitude remind yeah. me of the redhead kid from King of the Hill? Like, I, all I don't know what you're referring to. I don't all these the marketing of, of Law is what I'm talking about. Oh, oh the marketing. Uh, I mean, I think Law's a marketing machine will continue to be the mark. I mean, I have like three shirts of his. I'm going to be honest here. For whatever, And they're great shirts. They're um, great shirts. Sorry, for, I, it's off topic. For whatever reason, because you were talking about Carrot and Law, I just thought of if Law was there instead of Carrot, you have all these cartoon characters overreacting to this terrible food, and you just have Law there saying, your food tastes bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love having this guy. <laughs> Tells it how it is. Um, I, you know, I think Carrot as a snow rabbit is like thematically cool because it's like snow bunnies neat um but i just wonder if that would take away from her cool fighting abilities that she has if she had to rely too much on like being a logia i kind of like how she's like a little punching rabbit you know yeah Mm -hmm. um but one other thing i want to point out is that you know in japan they say there's a rabbit making mochi on the moon so does that mean that carrot Mm. and eneru are gonna hang out lightning she does the electric thing guys guys the electro during this chapter she did say that Mm -hmm. oh man she's gonna be the rabbit on the moon okay okay guys that's the moon guy here (laughs) that's stupid um moon experts that's stupid saying it's gonna be green tea mochi let's be honest here anyway um Needs it's to be ice cream mochi. Yeah. Mm. Ancient moon theorists believe. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think Monet's dead. I mean, this is one yeah. piece. Like, well, she's it's definitely just like, dead. No. Oh, what? No. It's, it's one piece. Dead. Come on, Roger. No, Look no, at no. Pell. Look at no. Pell. It makes no, no sense. I, believe me. I'll, trust me. I've, I've even complained about Pell on this very podcast before. So I did last week. <laughs> I, it's like, no, no. We saw the knife go through her heart right there and she died over it and like we probably would have seen her in virgo at some point during dress rosa just because they were so involved with that storyline if they weren't dead I, they have to be dead yeah i don't know man. In like a cover story or something or uh, or yeah if it's a cover story okay then i kind of want like a monet virgo cover story though oh yeah i mean mm-hmm. but they've already been well i guess so was don krieg she was captured also but i i don't i don't know send don your pinks maybe captured. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Don Krieg, uh, Captain Morgan. I'm sorry, I'm mixing up my really lame East Blue. No, but Captain villains. Morgan got away. Right, that's what I was just saying. So maybe mm-hmm. Senor Pink could too, is what I was. I, was I don't know. Anyway, I, I, 
Can we move on? See... That somehow that question is is. I just can't see how Monet would still be alive. But then again, like everyone thought Bellamy was dead, but we didn't see it happen. Yeah. Well, Bellamy like... only got punched in the face. So, oh no, and, and then he got sliced up a little bit. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's Do Flamingo. He can't I mean, finish the job. She got stabbed in the freaking heart. Yeah. Name it. You should write that episode title down, Zach. That's a good Stabbing one. I liked heart. it. Stab through the heart. I've never yeah. used that episode title before. Get this, guys. What if she's a fish man? <laughs> oh. What does that mean? <laughs> you know what it means. All right. Let's go on to typeset who says, I believe that Blackbeard versus the Revolutionary Army was a device to show the relative strength of two groups so that the audience can understand how strong they are. Right now, the audience is going to understand what Big Mom and Kaido are capable of, so Oda showed showed this to us so we can grasp the One Piece world better when the story evolves. Uh, Namely, Mary Joa and when Luffy resolves the Wano situation and how that aftermath leads into the final storylines. So basically, shit is going to get turned soon. Thoughts? Uh, well, I definitely agree with his conclusion, but um, yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, that's that makes sense to me. I, I think that's why Oda does a lot of these kind of things. I think mm-hmm. it's to like show, oh, these people are stronger than these people, and also just to set right. up these overarching stories, like with Ace and Blackbeard back in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he's setting up something bigger than yeah. just like. Oh, these guys are strong, and this these guys are stronger than these guys. I think he's, I think he's setting up the final war here. I think that's, I think that's what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. and that, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, next is from Trollumph, who says, "What sort of weapons do you think that Frankie is developing for the fight with Kaido? My guess is that he'll have some sort of counter to the poison and maybe a giant land cannon." You have to read the other comments here on this. Okay, some of the uh, some of our other uh, redditors have answered. Uh, typeset suggested rainbow nipple lights. Um, <laughs> to to which the uh, the original que- asker of the question suggested fluorescent afro Frankie. And uh, my name is Khan suggested maybe he'll show up with Pluton and blast Kaido's entire crew. Yeah. The rainbow nipple know. lights seem most. Okay. Yeah, that's possibly. what you wanted. Yeah, that's that's all I wanted. <laughs> I, they're special Kaido weapons. They're going to just, they're probably going to be just regular weapons. I, I, mm-hmm. He doesn't know anything yeah. about Kaido. So why would they'll right. just be bigger weapons? They'll be super weapons. Huh? Mm. Uh, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that one down out of spite, Aaron. <laughs> I also wrote down stab through the heart. Mm-hmm. That was also our next, out of spite. <laughs> our next comment from Marco the Pineapple is, uh, I thought of this after this chapter and being with being obsessed with Kaido, I feel like him saying, let's light the fire to the greatest war this world has ever seen was really overlooked. He's clearly trying to make a move to fuck up the world's shit, and he clearly sees Luffy as a small fry. So, what do you think he meant by that? Do you think it could be as big as him trying to overthrow the world government, or could it be directed at the worst generation messing up his plans, or perhaps the other four emperors? Thanks for reading. Um, I mean, I my take on his character right now because we haven't really seen anything necessarily more um, like subtle is or nuanced is that he he's just kind of like 
a force of nature like he he is just sort of destruction personified i mean that's kind of what the oni are um, right, it also mm-hmm. fits with uh, his henchmen the other uh, disasters right the disasters yeah it's, if you henchmen. look at the way jack acted for sure mm-hmm. we know that he uh, i mean in his first appearance he was described as having the um you know the hobby of attempting suicide which is basically like uh you know the most interesting man in the world thing like he he tried to kill himself just to see if it was possible um sort of thing he drinks so, dosa keys yeah he drinks mexican beer um um yeah so i i don't know i just get the feeling that he doesn't really have like big i mean his big plans are basically just to you know to to expend as much energy as possible in kind of wielding his strength and just messing up other people's stuff. Like, I, I don't know. I feel, I see him as kind of like an Anton Chigurh kind of just like, he's just killing people for the sake of, of killing because he can sort of thing. Um, that's my take on his character so far. I don't know if anyone else has any comments to add. I think that was well said. Yeah. All right. Um, then we'll go on to mistress page, um, who suggests I'm going to, sum this up here um uh whose question is because gear four has made gear two and three less useful especially given how dofi was shrugging them off do you think oda will find a way to boost their power to be on par with gear four and if you do what ideas would you like to see happen with each gear i don't think that's how that's going to work because the strength of luffy's attacks is just in it's attached to how strong he is it's not that the attack is strong, it's that he's strong, that he has the hockey to overcome an extremely strong opponent. So yeah, I, don't, I, I feel like the, the attacks aren't going to change much. They might get more attacks, more new attacks, but I don't think what we know is going to change too much. Yeah, and it seems like he kind of mix and matches them, like mm-hmm. for each new villain, you know, comes up with a different take on them um, somewhat. So you're saying that Luffy isn't going to go like gear four, all wheel drive. <laughs> gear four, wheel drive. Um, I, I, I kind of like that. I love, I love gear four. Um, but the weakness to it is a really ridiculous weakness. Um, just knocking him out for 10 minutes and unable That's to. That's what like, like he was like when sense. they first. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that that is cut significantly by the time we get to Kaido, but that's not really that far away, or that he figures something mm. else out, or that he did already yeah. with Rayleigh, and he just didn't feel like using it for some reason in Tres Rosa. Um, well, I mean, there, you know, there doesn't have to be a real strong logic on how quickly it takes Luffy or anyone to overcome sort of the weaknesses of their power. I think it just kind of comes down to, okay, does Oda really want to reuse this you know plot point or will he find a way around it or will he do like basically what happened with chopper and the rumble ball where he's just like oh, no, he's better now you know he's he's suffering he doesn't need to to you know wait a minute or you know whatever the um the requirements are uh, that he set up originally so um yeah i mean it's not something that i i worry about but i know you know pe- some people really like getting into sort of the theory of the different attack moves uh yeah what's next um, Next question is from Please Do Not Scream, who says, Oda seems to be somewhat inspired by Game of Thrones as of late, what with the arranged marriage, blackmail, and torture elements. I would also love to see him bring in an aspect of betrayal. Luffy is very trusting, and it seems to always work out for him, taking in Robin, Brooke, and Zoro with 
without knowing them, the alliance with Law, etc. To have something backfire on Luffy could make for some interesting character development, especially since the readers don't expect it. For example, if Law betrays Luffy during the Kaido fight, or Shanks turns out to be a more sinister character uh, when they meet up again. Unlikely examples, but could we see something similar? Or is it too far away from the spirit of the show? I mean, to be honest, the thing, the fact that Kaido took away Law's wanted poster in that one panel is really suspicious. Mm. Um, I don't want to pin anything on Law. I know we're often hard on him. But um, I, I don't think Law would betray Luffy, but I think he probably has ties to Kaido that we don't know about, maybe. I don't know. Mm. Um, I, I would not be surprised. It's weird that he focused his anger just on Luffy. Um, I, I mean, I it would know. be mm. so interesting if Law did betray Luffy, because I could kind of see it happening. Like, you know, there's that part in Punk Hazard when Luffy's like, oh, you won't betray me, right? And Law's like, no, of course I won't. And uh, so, shifty eyes. I can't, yeah, you know, <laughs> can't do that and on the audio. Podcast. Because we didn't get that like cathartic moment with him at the end of Dressrosa, where he's like, "Oh, Luffy, you're my bro." Like, I mean, even though he did stay behind to yeah. see him defeat Dress, uh, not Dressrosa, uh, Doflamingo, Flamingo. it could be more of a using Luffy as a tool kind of situation and not so much hey i actually trust and care for this person i I mean it would add some interest to law's character certainly definitely we definitely had like kind of a conclusion to law's character in this arc uh which is kind of why we're like ragging on him with like Mm -hmm. what is he gonna do now we kind of saw what he could do um yeah i mean he's so oda has used betrayal as a plot point i mean as that was central to nami's and and in a way into robins as well where they kind of true they 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 turned on the crew because they were sort of they were too weak to trust luffy and Mm. know and to know that he was going to be able to get them through um their their own individual problems um, the only other time that he's really had that be a central point was in Water 7 with the CP9 thing where they were bad guys from the beginning. And um, I mean, I, I don't think Law fits that that mold. But I think part of the thing, too, is that Luffy, I mean, we've seen him uh, make decisions about, I mean, obviously, like, just look at who he asks to join the crew, like the tree zombie and stuff. Um, you know, he... <laughs> He obviously doesn't have the greatest um, judgment in in terms of like good sense, but the the way that he you know sort of like his relationship to the rest of the world as as the story defines it is kind of one where like if he if he truly asks someone to join up and is serious about it, like he he kind of has that like magnetic intuition of like oh this is someone who is a good person who I can trust. Um, and ultimately it's going to work out with them. And so I don't see that, I don't see that happening so central. I mean, I think, I just think that that would sort of, um, betray that aspect of Luffy's character that, oh, he made the wrong choice in trusting this person. If it was like a true, like complete, you know, irreversible betrayal sort of Mm. situation. It's a very good question Um, though. Yeah. I, 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 there's something up with law. That's all. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's gonna betray them necessarily. But there's, uh, mm. there's something up yeah. with Law and Kaido. I, th- I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, Law was on Punk Hazard during the development of all the smiles, so it makes sense that he would know something. Yeah. How did mm. well, How did he get there in the first place? Exactly. Well, yeah. What's What's all that about? Yeah. It's, mm. there, there's still some mysteries. Uh, what's mm. next? 
Uh, next is from Superdubes, who has a question for me, um, but is is open to other opinions. Um, he says, I've noticed in the past from reading scans and professional works alike that professional translations tend to be more localized, whereas reading scans, you'll still see things like honorifics and words remaining untranslated, um, like Nakama, Yonko, Shichibukai. Do you think it's laziness or just because they think that it looks cool that they leave that stuff in? Allow me um, to answer that question. <laughs> no, Stephen, please. Um, yeah, so... Um, this is, this is, you know, I could talk about this for hours, um, which, uh, you know, we, so the we've already spent. Up. Yes, we've already or spent Or whatever hours, the Japanese term for cows is. Ushi. The Ushi's come home. Um, or the Mooseys. Okay, I'm sorry. Don't write that uh, down, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> here are the pen scratches. That does not meet the bar. Um, <laughs> so... Um, okay, so yeah, I've actually been on uh, both sides of this question because when I started um, first kind of learning the language, um, it's one of one of those things that you notice, I think, if you especially, I mean, back when I started, um, it was back when Viz was like putting out monthly floppy issues. So, you know, this is way back in the day. Um, standards were very different. Um, and now, and I remember, you know, going through, um, the, uh, you know, Japanese lessons that I was taking and being like, well, what's all these things that, you know, are in the Japanese language that they they don't have here? Like, what, why is it so inauthentic? And I, I think a lot of that attitude um, kind of doesn't, it doesn't realize that, you know, uh, the, the professional translation typically is taking all of those things into account already and um, offering, you know, what the, what is the important information, um, in terms of how is this supposed to hit the reader? And, um, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's a diff, it comes off differently than, um, you know, reading it with all the, uh, the Japanese terms in it, but it is also more understandable, which is, is kind of the point. And, um, so I understand that, um, you know, people do, do like, um, seeing the, uh, sort of one piece specific words. And in some cases, I think that those are totally valid, um, uses, you know, you kind of have to be subjective and say, okay, does this sound cooler when it's translated or when it's not, um, you know, is it, can you, can you work with a translated version of this that, that still sounds okay? Um, you know, like for example, with the Shichibukai, the uh the translate like a literal translation would be like the seven seven armed like weapon arms uh seas and like that that sounds very specific like, it doesn't sound like anything i've ever heard before but it also sounds weird like you wouldn't necessarily figure that out and uh, i like the the translation seven warlords because it's um it's it's memorable like you can you can see that it's not a common enough word so you can you can use it within the context of one piece and almost always know that it's referring to one of these you know seven characters and stuff like that you have to take the all these things into account and um uh, sometimes you're going to go one way sometimes you go the other way um it just kind of comes down to like the instincts and the experience of the translator when they say okay, I think this is going to work or I don't think this is going to work. Like what they're kind of taking in into account what the overall effect is on the reader. And um, so that's basically the, like the rationale that we have for, for doing stuff like that. Um, and um, it's, it, it's a lot of work, especially 
in terms of like character writing and stuff with one piece because he has such a you know a wide array of um, jokes and wordplay and stuff like that and um, you know you kind of have to be on top of your game if you're going to attempt to represent it all in English in a way that's still entertaining and is hopefully um, you know uh, truthful to the uh, the experience of reading it in Japanese um, and in uh, all that stuff it's um, you know it's it's kind of like uh, you know an obstacle course sometimes um, but uh, it's it's rewarding because of that when you when everything works out right um, and um, so yeah I think it's you know it's a combination of a lot of things to answer the actual question of um, of people. I think most of it comes down to just kind of lack of experience or understanding how, how things actually fit together, um, as to why people, um, prefer or insist upon, um, you know, uh, suffixes and, and certain things like that. I, I mean, I know, I know we talked in the past, uh, or you talked about this in the past, but like stuff like mm-hmm. Aokiji and Kuza, uh, Kuz, not Kuzan, right. that's his actual name, Aokiji, uh, Kizaru and, uh, Akainu. Uh, mm-hmm. Or Aokiji, if you want to use your Zach scent. Um, <laughs> those, I, I think, definitely sound cooler and than Yellow Pheasant, certainly. Um, and But I also get, what's the Japanese for Cat Viper? It's Nekomamushi. Oh, oh um, see, I was mm. just going to bring that up because I actually prefer Nekomamushi and Inuarashi. Just mm. like knowing those original Japanese words. And of course, I mean, you literally you translated them almost exactly as to what they are with Arashi mm. being storm. And, you know, um, I don't know. I just I love specifically Nekomamoshi. I just think it's like such a funny name. <laughs> I love it. So, well, I, I, yeah, I still find myself saying Nekomamoshi instead of Cat Viper in a lot of my videos. So. I mean, I'm, I'm on the opposite side of the coin for Cat Viper, particularly because for someone who has a accent, it's very difficult to get through <laughs> words like that. Um, right. <laughs> I think the- yeah, the fact that they're five syllables uh, is is definitely something that I took into account just because, um, you know, it, it is a really long um, name. I mean, it, you know, just just in terms of like um, of like in in practice in uh, just think of how often we have said the Admiral Greenbull rather than Rokugyu on oh, the podcast. Jesus Christ. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's because I mean, and, you know, there's the Wait, let me try the it. Let me try it. Ryukugyu. Good, good try. I, all right, valiant efforts. Um, but uh, you know, sometimes it's just okay. What is what is easiest? What is going to be the path of least resistance? Um, in order to make this all fit. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, that's you know, I don't I don't make these decisions lightly. Um, and sometimes I do you know kind of regret certain things sometimes sometimes stuff happens because i start with it without having a better idea because i'm know doing what you're this talking chapter, about because <laughs> i'm doing this chapter <laughs> by chapter and it what seems like the best choice at the time that i start it you know once you see the full scope of the story or what the you know background of a character is it's like oh man i should have done this another way but once you know once it's been established for a certain period of time it's it's sort of hard to um flip the switch and, and change it to something else so um, you know, it's, it's, uh, and also you kind of came into this, as you said, uh, right, in right. the middle. So there are just mm. some of the words that you can't change because for consistency's mm. sake. Yeah. Right. Uh, although I, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, um, I know Steven and you come at this from like a translating standpoint, but I'm always thinking of like a marketing standpoint mm. and how, um, if you have a lot of Japanese words in the text, that's not going to let some random kid 
pick up volume 81 because the cover right. looks really cool and then see all these random Japanese words that if they're standing in a bookstore, they can't just look up on the internet immediately. Um, it's going to be a barrier for getting new fans and new readers. And I think that's something that um, maybe communities that read scanlations kind of like. It feels sort of exclusive. You have right. to have this vocabulary to be able to understand what's going on. But um, when you're trying to distribute to a wider audience, you really do have to think about what can everybody understand? Can this little 10-year-old kid pick up a volume of One Piece and totally fall in love with it? Or are they going to be like, what the frick is a Nekoma murderer? You know? Right. Especially yeah, since they... there's 81 volumes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's definitely true that they, you know, the kind of the two, the tr the two groups have opposite kind of intentions as far as what, um, you know, how, how far should we, should we push this, um, you know, uh, so yeah, it's not, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily something that I like think about explicitly, like what is the 10 year old kid going to think, um, but, you know, kind of by extension of, of thinking about you know, how, how clear is this going to be? Um, does it, cause you know, I'm also kind of, part of this is, you know, the fact that Viz is very sparing with, um, both translation notes or margin notes or however you want to do it. Um, and, uh, so that, that often it kind of makes it simpler for me in some ways, because it's like, okay, I can't use that as a crutch. I have to make sure that, you know, something about this either it has to be a joke or it has to be, um, uh, you know, explained somehow in in the dialogue, um, even if it wasn't necessary in the original Japanese. I got to, you know, have someone say, hey, wasn't that that sounds like this or something, you know, little things that you can do um, to to make it clear without having to um, put, put cram something into um, the margin. Sometimes that's great. Sometimes it sucks. Um, but, uh you know, that's kind of, that's the, that's the company policy. That's the way that they, that's the type of market marketing and um, uh, outreach that they like to do is like, okay, what is the most accessible possible thing? And yeah, no, definitely. You know, when you're in a, a small little insular community, that's the last thing you want is to have oh, these people. They just started reading it the other week, you know, oh, we don't want to associate with them um, sort of mindset. So um yeah, okay. there's lots of uh, strong opinions about that. Yeah, it's, it's um, a very contentious subject. Mm -hmm. um, so moving on, Black Northwind suggests a TV series called Kreha's Clinic, where in each episode, one of the One Piece characters goes to the clinic to check their health, but somehow ends up arguing with her about their life's problems, uh, to which she replies with her medical humor. Sounds like you got a hit. <laughs> That, that Sounds would... like that'll be airing on PBS Sunday nights <laughs> at 10 say. p.m. Exactly no, 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 no. CBS, CBS, CBS. Yeah. No, BBC America. <laughs> yeah. The show's an old person and has to be on CBS. No, no, no. Pax TV. <laughs> Ion. <laughs> it's syndicated television, whatever this is. And definitely. No, no. Video on demand. Okay, what's up next? Next is Prince Cheddar, who has a question. With all the kings going to marry Joa for the reverie, how do you think they'll be treated by the Celestial Dragons? Do you think they treat them as any other non-Celestial Dragon, or do you think they show them respect? Probably not treat them as equals, but the kings probably wouldn't choose Mary Joa as the meeting place if they were expected to fall on their knees every time one went past. That's a really, really good question. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. 
I don't know mm-hmm. how how that interaction would go because wasn't it that they the former kings were went to marry Joa and that was part of the blah 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 and right so, so wouldn't those are celestial... sorry go ahead Aaron did the celestial dragons have anything to do with the reverie it doesn't seem like they really have much to do with politics and the actual running yeah, of the government they kind of just do true. their own thing yeah i could see them kind of being like oh we're like the royal we're like the true royal families you guys are the um administrators who are running stuff in the mud i'll tell you what they are they're royal pains in the ass that is very true hey yo Mm. look at that price is right horn (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think judging judging from last chapter and the way steli was talking about everyone i think um the people who have sort of been aligned with luffy in the past like the people Rosa, uh, King Elizabello, Vivi, like I think when we see them again, um, obviously Luffy will come up as part of the conversation. And I think that might actually sort of change the Celestial Dragon's judgment of those characters. So I think they're going to judge them mm-hmm. more on like what their, you know, their role in the story has been when we're talking about either Luffy or like what Luffy did for their kingdoms or yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that is that is a good point. Um. It, I'm, I'm sure it will be a central topic of the of the reverie is, yeah. is the Straw Hat crew. Definitely. Um, and then Fujitora is going to be there too, who wants to abolish the Shichibukai yeah. system. You've got Wait, the no. Island he, petition. He can't go back to any, well, I guess, is Mary Joa a naval area? Because he can't go to any naval area until mm. he brings Luffy's head. I don't think he, oh, I think right. he's speaking hyper, <laughs> hyperbolically, right? In the hyperbolic yeah. time chamber. Mm, well, maybe. And Stephen, um, yeah. Next is uh, Inkovic, who has a Blackbeard question. Considering how Blackbeard seems to know a lot of mysteries within the One Piece universe, namely which devil fruit to wait twenty years to get, and how to steal devil fruits from other people, do you believe he has the voice of all things? He seems to draw a lot of parallels with Luffy, specifically with fate and luck being on his side. And after listening to Greg's prediction of Momo being able to see from another perspective, I think it is only logical that Blackbeard shares a similar gift to see into the past or be privy to the secrets of the One Piece world. Sure. I don't know. I think he got most of his knowledge by being in the right place at the right time and listening. Yeah, I guess it depends on because, you know, we there's that kind of dangling plot thread of something. Something about Blackbeard is different. Um something about his body. So is that what that is referring to? Um, or does mm. that, is, is that different? Um, and he's, you know, he just found, who knows how he found out about this stuff, but that seems, I mean, it does seem very plausible to me. I would have to say. Um, all right. I guess if no other questions. Uh, and all bears has a comment. Shouldn't Kuzan's motto have merely been justice since it's just ice? Oh. <laughs> next caller, <Thanks>. please. <laughs> <laughs> Our next caller, Samuel Jota says, I was 14 when I started reading One Piece, so I was younger than Chopper. Now I'm 27, so I'm nearly as old as Robin. Will I be as old as Brooke by the time the series ends? Yes. Easy answer. Yep. Yeah. Just yes. No. Well, book before no. or after the time skip. <laughs> Makes a big difference. Uh, How old is Frankie no. pre-time skip? How old is Frankie? 34. 34. There you go. So 34. He'll probably be 34. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would say so. Well, I have to have a big celebration on my 34th birthday. It's like the Frankie year. <laughs> it's gonna the be Frankie a, years. It's, it's gonna be a super birthday. Um, we'll hire a bunch of strippers dressed like Frankie just for you. Aaron, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put back on my uh, I'll put back on my senior pink outfit oh, from Jesus Halloween. Christ, and I'll no, you will not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we only want better characters at this party. Oh. Oh. Mm. Hey, I, down hey, just because I dress up as him for Halloween doesn't mean I love the guy. So don't. Like he me. just loves his fashion sense. Exactly. Perfectly reasonable. Boy, it is definitely. Oh, don't boy. worry. You. you You'll be back in diapers in about when when, years. when One Piece ends. When One Piece ends, you'll be back. Yeah, when One Piece ends. <laughs> we all will be, Steve. We all will. What's next? No, not me. I'm going to be... Not incontinent. <laughs> okay, let's... Breakin' D has a follow-up uh, follow of sorts uh, for me about language. Um, he has a, a question, just a general... Uh, do you have any tips for aspiring translators, people learning Japanese? Um, because uh, he is minoring in Japanese come September and has been self-studying. Um, so I don't really have any like specific advice like, you know, oh, buy this book, like only work on this thing first before you try to tackle this other thing. Um, really, I mean, this is about as general as you could possibly get. Um, but you you really need to have a strong motivating interest to keep doing it, basically, um, because it is only something you're going to learn through lots and lots and lots of experience and lots of time. And, um, you know, it, a lot of people, you know, pick up hobbies and drop them after a few months because, you know, you you start to struggle or, you know, it's not uh, providing you kind of the mental motivation that you need to keep doing it. Um, and uh, language is definitely it's one of those things. You know, if you if you start getting overwhelmed and you start to give up or if you um, you know, if you if you if you're picking it up because it's like, oh, wouldn't it be neat if I did this? Um, and that's like literally as deep as, as you're thinking about it then yeah, you're gonna, you know, you're not gonna last. Um, the only way to really get to a usefully fluent level is um, having something that keeps you interested in it constantly. And for me, that was um, basically translating in, in finding manga that was in Japanese and being like, I want to know what this says, um, and then working at it until I could actually um, find out what it says. So um, that's, and, and that's then the you kind found out it was all fart jokes and you were like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. I think another really good resource is if this person happens to be in the United States, almost every state has a Japan America society. And if you get into contact with them, they can usually set you up with people who are either willing to tutor you for really cheap or just like other events you can go to to meet possible Japanese speakers in your area. If there's a Japan America society of Maine, there's definitely a Japan America society in other places in the U.S. Do you think there's one in New York City? I don't know, Zach. I Maybe you can go to Kinokuniya. Actually, I know for a fact there is one in SoCal, for sure. So <laughs> it just makes sense, yeah. What? I got to No, <laughs> city folk, Joe Francis, Japan America societies. <laughs> Japan animation. Um, anyway, what's next? All right, next is RXB Weenie, who says, 
something I've been thinking about for the last few weeks. It was said in chapter 820 that normally once you reach the log's endpoint, meaning the endpoint of the Grand Line, you come to a realization about the mystery of the ancient writing on the Poneglyph. Also that this started Roger's second trip around the Grand Line in search of Raftel. Could it be that the fourth road Poneglyph is on the last island of the Grand Line? This Poneglyph is intended to be found first and gives information on the other Poneglyphs. Um, I mean, I I suppose so. Uh, yeah, we didn't really get any confirmation that um, that was, you know, that that was or wasn't a road Poneglyph. It um, it could be that I don't think that would be the the missing one though because. You know, that that just seems like, okay, well, the last, last island of the Grand Line, which presumably is not the same thing as Raftel, and they're both like islands that no one can get to, it seems a little redundant to me as a storytelling device. Um, so I don't, I don't know about that, but I definitely think it's something, it must be something special, a special type of Poneglyph, because, um, you know, it's, it's supposedly basically clues you in on that there's this giant mystery that's been hiding in plain sight. Um, and, uh, that, that, that was what, um, you know, drew, drew Roger to his second, um, voyage. Yeah. So, um, must be something like that. Yeah. I still love that, that, uh, that theory that, uh, Captain John's treasure is the fourth road polyglyph. I think that's so cool because mm. it falls right in line of like buggy yeah. sort of mistaking his way to the top. So, <laughs> and oh, he's like, man, this, that'd be awesome. This isn't gold. <laughs> and then he's just, yeah, he's like, I didn't watch this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why that's why the Poneglyph that Jimbei found was there because Buggy was <laughs> there. Buggy He's like, it out. this isn't right. Um, Wait, so Buggy tosses out the red Poneglyph into the ocean. It lands on Jack, crushing him forever. <laughs> <laughs> that I like. That I like. Um, yeah, I'm gonna limit. I'm gonna limit the amount of questions. Okay. So you guys could blame me. So Stephen, you got two more. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Okay, I think I know which ones I like here okay. uh, out of those that are remaining. Sorry to everybody else. Um, these, these it really just first. goes to show, get your question in early. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Khan, says Sanji is my favorite character. Khan! But something, I'm sorry. Something is weird about his character this chapter. When we met him in the Baradier, he said he wouldn't let anyone go hungry, even if they were an enemy. But now he claims he only cooks for his friends. Do you think this was intentional? I didn't think about this until he brought it up, but that is kind of weird. There's the thing about there's a thing about working in a restaurant. I think that the idea that you have a restaurant means that anyone can come there and eat. But when you're on a ship, you're part of a crew. And yeah, and the training that he went through was devoted to making his friends stronger. So I can see where he's coming from, how he might have changed. Mm. Well, he, well, he fed with... the guys on Punk Hazard, even though they were technically like the Marines. Well, there's a difference were... between cooking for people and letting people go hungry. So, mm. I mean, he'd cook for customers, mm. obviously, in Baradier. I think that's different. But yeah. he's he's there to cook for his friends. But if there was someone going hungry on Big Mom's crew, which is possible since she may be eating all the mm -hmm. food, uh, I think he would cook for them. Yeah, I mean, and the implication, of course, is that she would she would assimilate him to being a cook for the Big Mom operation. Um, which, you know, would be basically like a forced servitude thing, which does not seem to to mesh with that. Um, you know, he worked at the restaurant because that that was what he did. It wasn't like he was forced to do so. 
Uh, mm. Last question that I am permitting. So again, you guys can play last. Me. Last question, according to Zach, will be from Hockey Monster, who says, what do you guys think of a Brook versus Apu fight, a clash of the musicians? Brook would very likely be angered at Apu's violent use of music. It would also be a good way to establish the strength if the Straw Hats relative to other pirate crews, if one of their weaker members were able to beat a worse generation captain. Um, we got this one a few weeks together. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like it, though. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, that'd be a fight I would definitely want to see. Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, so, with Reddit technically out of the way, much like uh, Luffy's food is technically food, uh, why don't we get into some... Priest the Tweet! Croquetta right. Taka. Peace the Tweet time. It's <laughs> <laughs> never going to catch on, Zach. Croquetta Taka Michino. Chaka Khan. What do we got? Yeah, first one from Brian Newton, our very own Who? Brian Newton, Who? <laughs> director of Rick and uh, director of Rick and Morty. What? Just had a thought. Has Brooke asked to see any of the Minx panties? Implied filler. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I'm repeating that. Um, my Lily Fern asks: Do you think the unidentified source that contacted the Marines about Blackbeard and the Revolutionaries could have been Al Kiji? Yeah. <laughs> That's, I was talking about this when we took a little bit of a break uh, I definitely think it's Kuzan just the way it's been set up we know that apparently he's traveling with Blackbeard they had the fight between Blackbeard and the revolutionaries what a good idea I didn't think of it's that. gotta be Kuzan yeah it's for sure gotta be him and he would be the only one that has like direct contact to marine headquarters because he used to be an admiral so yeah, um, yeah. that's a great idea well why uh, and that's why, why they would cover it up, though. I don't know. We don't know what Kuzan's motivation. Yeah, we don't know are. why, but I but definitely think Kuzan is the is the. It's been, the said, yeah. it's been said that he's working with Blackbeard. He's working uh, with yeah, Blackbeard, maybe. and he's uh, a mysterious element who could they the government would have reason to cover up that he was doing something like that. Yeah. Go All on. right. Javuz asks, "Do you think Sanji will like putting besides her uniqueness?" He puts that in air quotes for some reason. Also, what is the line for Sanji? His limit regarding women. A woman, mostly. I, that's, I mean. <laughs> yeah, he has no line. It's just anything. I mean, He'll be like, oh, baby, let's cover that up. I don't even think he'd care. I don't think he'd give two shits about that. <laughs> he'd be like, yeah. oh, another beautiful eye to gaze into. Oh my yeah. god, what if like what if like pudding has always been like heralded as like ugly by people because she's of her third eye and Sanji's like the first guy ever that says like no your third eye makes you beautiful. Oh TP, I ship it already. I ship it. Oh man, I ship it already. But then he completely screw it. Then he'll completely ruin it by saying something like, Oh, I'd be loved to be seeing them tits. I don't know. Yeah, I can imagine that something like, Well, if you have three eyes, do you have three boobs or something? And then Nami slaps him. That's something I could see happening in the future. Aaron, I wanna see I just wanna see Pudding be completely disgusted by Sanji and like his twirly eyebrow or something. Like Everything Perfect. else about him, she's just like, no. She's like, that twirly eyebrow's gotta go. <laughs> no, it's you my know, eyebrow. Exactly. It's, it gives me all my strength. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next one comes from the pull cat. In episode 411, you guys came to the conclusion that Roger went around the world twice. He doesn't really understand. He says, he please says, explain, please. you sexy podcasters. You have to read that part. No, I don't. But we are sexy. It's objectively well, true. Some of us are. 
um, choose to ignore okay. that. Well, I mean, we kind of did explain this in deep in depth in the because <laughs> right. because Roger made his trek uh, originally, and then mm-hmm. then he got sick and he ended up going around again, as, as I understand it. Yeah, and we know that the minks went back. You know, we're at Skypea, we're at Fishman Island, we're at all those places. Mm-hmm. Um, I, right. It's reasonable to say, and Crocus joined in the middle. Not at the beginning, for the for the yeah. most final two years. I th- I think it's a very reasonable assumption. We did we talked about much more in depth a few episodes ago. I don't remember exactly when, but I think that's the. Gist. I think he said episode four eleven. It's probably four twelve then that we we'll listen about. to it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the right. uh, to the five hour podcast there. Next one comes from one hundred Beast Kaido, um, and his uh, it's it's not so much a question as it is sort of an observation that. If Jack is indeed a fish man, this is how he survived when he tried to go get Doflamingo back. Good point. Yeah, mm. that's, yeah, pro- yeah, no, that's probably sure. how he went to go get Doflamingo. He probably swam over there. No, he can't swim. He can't oh, swim. You're right. you're right. Well, with the little floaties. <laughs> with the little floaties. <laughs> the floaties. Zach, the floating one. he can't swim. <laughs> Wait, are you sure? Uh, no, because probably like the the navy probably sunk him. Probably thought, well, he's a devil fruit user. There's no way he's coming up. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, next one. Munchie the Panda. Battle of the Furries. Who was the cutest this chapter? Chopper or Carrot? Chopper, this chapter, only this chapter, because of that one little scene where he's looking over the speech bubble. I thought that was super cute. <laughs> well, I love how he does that throughout. He's like, hey, hey, guys. Hey, hey. Hey, hey so I'm here. The ship's on this fire. This is going to be an ongoing thing now with this new arc is the who, who, who did it cuter? Because this week it By was. By the way, chopper. though, it's chopper. shout outs to your gif that you posted on Twitter. That was one of the funniest what? things I've ever seen. Simpsons, <laughs> Simpsons one with the two sheep. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yes. Luffy, I thought you loved me. <laughs> Why is Luffy talking like a sheep? <laughs> All right. So the next one comes from Aaron. Do you want to uh, ask your own question or should I ask it? I'll ask it. Um, yes, go ahead. So I didn't know I was coming on the podcast tonight. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And I have a question for Stephen. I said, how much French did you know before this chapter and how much do you know now? Um, I know all the French words kind of sound like English words. Um, so technically, I kind of know all French, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, okay. If you, if you want to know, this is my... Um, my secret to uh, Baron Tamago is I just start putting words into uh, English words from the lines into uh, Google Translate. And if the French uh, equivalent is recognizable as being very similar to the English one, then I use that. That's basically what it comes down to. Uh, Google Translate. There you go. What's given us Brilliant. our best literary works. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Google Translate, but continue. Right on. Uh, Nick, the uh, oh, the Annihilator. Okay, that's how that works. Right. So uh, he wanted to point out that moment when you figure out tea parties is an anagram for eat pirates. My <laughs> God. <laughs> no, it says cooking for pirates. <laughs> <laughs> that is an old Simpsons reference. <laughs> uh, so the uh, next one comes from J.L. Rivera, who bringing back the discussion of silly quotes from the series or from the podcast. But he just wanted to since we've already had that discussion, we don't need we can just add this. He says, I need lady. 
that's that was Sanji at the end of this chapter mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. I was I was going through old episodes recently, and there was also your Apple GIF, not Apple GIF, Apple uh, yeah. image. I need lady the new iPhone. Yeah. Out soon. Remember iPods? Remember commercials? Remember also those dancing silhouettes in those commercials from like 2012 or six? 11? No, it wasn't six. Yes, it was. I mean, maybe it was also 2006, but I think that uh, whatever. I'm not having this conversation. Go ahead, Ed. <laughs> All right. Um, Ma- uh, Magic Otters asks, "Who's the hottest on OPP?" Like out of all mm-hmm. of us? Gaston. I don't know. I haven't met everybody. Uh, <laughs> a, <laughs> Ed needs to meet everyone before making that yeah. determination. What about by know. voice? We need to, we need to meet know. each other. Dominic. Take each other's temperatures. You've been a Dominic on <laughs> in like five years. <laughs> For, I mean, it, it's it's too easy if we go strictly by voice. I win. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> first De- off, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis has yeah. a very sexy voice. Um, yeah, he, does. he does. Who else has a? I mean, by voice, didn't we have someone with like an insanely deep voice? We could always, we could always make some sort of like homunculi. I mean, <laughs> best of all of us to one. Uh, right, so we got voice Steve's height. <laughs> Steve's height. Voice of Edge. Alex's, uh, you know, uh, fashion so, sense. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah. Uh, My jokes, obviously. <laughs> Zach's sense of humor. Uh, Zach's spreadsheet ability. No, Aaron's. Hey, Aaron's. Aaron's spreadsheet ability. ability. <laughs> Aaron's is much Steven's, better than Stephen's brains. Uh, Aaron's hair. Uh, oh, I do have really nice hair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she wins. We got quite the. Her. We got quite the freak on our hands. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs right. to draw this. Wait, what's Sam? what's Roger contributing to this? Uh, I think Roger's, I'm the, no, I think <laughs> yeah. Roger's optimism because we don't have that. We're very Aww. cynical. Well, thanks. True, that's nice. Nice. You see, he thinks that's nice because he's so optimistic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, All right, next question comes from. And you guys are going to like this one. Necrophoenix uh, asks us to name a Prince song for each One Piece arc. Oh, also, who would be the Prince of One Piece? Okay, we can't name it for every One Piece arc. Yeah, we'll that, all night. I mean, I don't know that many Prince songs, but yeah. Steve, you, you're a big fan. Yeah, uh, I, I I haven't listened to all Prince's stuff, though. So, like, I know, like, most of his just 80s shit. Uh, who is the Prince of One Piece? Uh I'd I'd want to say Bon Clay, but Bon Clay is so over the top while Prince is very subdued. Um, I don't. I I, I think I'll go with Bon Clay for now. Uh, oh. But in terms of songs, I don't know. Jesus Christ, there's a lot of Prince songs and there's a lot of One Piece arcs. Uh, I mean, I guess drum would be purple, pink rain, something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, if if we go strictly by the ending of Thor Bark, we could call that one "I Would Die for You." Uh, <laughs> well said. Uh, I can't. Uh, the the Paramount War is nothing compares to you. Part, party, party like it's three D two Y. We could call Baratier diamonds and pearls. Oh, nice! That makes sense because freaking Don Krieg has diamonds on his okay. fists. Okay, I get it. And then there's Pearl, everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm favorite member of the Creed we can't Pirates. possibly top that so we should probably move on <laughs> <laughs> we, we could but we're gonna move on anyway 
All right. Um, 91 Ryan. If Blue Gilly and Idio did the fusion dance, would you get a really tall guy or a guy with really long limbs? <laughs> imagining it. He'd be like a Spider Man, but not like Spider Man, Spider Man. He'd be like a Spider Man. Daddy Long Legs guy. <laughs> That's terrifying. You know, I, I have to imagine. Just we'll Slender Man. Well, eventually. <laughs> yes. We must eventually see, like, a half-long leg, half-long arm person. But what if they only have, like, yeah. (laughs) Wait, what? Stump it along. (laughs) One long arm and one... uh, one Well, well, Nami's that already, so, I mean, we got that. Yeah. Yeah. What if they did, like, some weird sideways walk where they only walked on the one long leg and the one long arm? (laughs) That is is a Monty Python sketch. (laughs) Okay. Uh, our next question as, uh, from Sluke asks us to find the time period that describes uh, that best describes each straw hat. What? Hmm. Like period of history, I suppose? Oh, well, I... Frankie would be like 1980s America. <laughs> or the oh, 90s. I think he's more early 90s. Yeah? Yeah, very neon. Very awkward. <laughs> Zoro is like the late 1800s Japan. Uh, yeah. Luffy is like-ish. Yeah. Edo. Luffy's Ooh, anytime. Sanji, mm, Sanji's kind of like maybe the era of Marie Antoinette would probably be. Oh, uh, yeah. I was thinking Sanji more like, I was thinking more like 1960s Mad Men kind of thing. Like nice oh, suits. Oh, yeah. Cigarettes. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I can see that. If, if Mad Men was in France, um, I'd well, be yeah. Familiar. The France also experienced the 60s, Zach. What? <laughs> no, no. America's like the only eight, nation. I like the, 80s. The Earth is flat and there's only America. <laughs> Vote Trump. <laughs> oh, my. That's, that's, that's grand that's line a, great again. <laughs> that's the saying. Um, we can get, um, hmm. How about 80s Valley Girl Nami? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Nami's not like airheaded. Uh, she's she just wants she just wants to get paid. For she just dresses. She Actually, Nami, yeah. I'm gonna say Nami would be the day the stock market crashed in the '80s, because Nami stole yes. all the money. Yes, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Like, she, Chopper. Yeah. Good. Chopper would be late '90s, early 2000s Beanie Baby Boom. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the was it the Pleistocene era when they had all the giant megafauna, uh, <laughs> like super, super huge reindeer monsters? What about Usopp? Usopp? Oh, Nixon. Nixon. Nixon's just, presidency would be Just Usopp. Nixon? <laughs> the Nixon era, man. Let's do this about that. <laughs> Poor Usopp um, just got thrown into Nixon's presidency. Okay, I, let's let's move on. Um, Pongzilla asks, Sanji's father's first name or last name is Boku. No, that's just a French word that Baron Tamago inserted. Oui. Boku Sanji. A lot. Po- Boku Vinsmoke. That's what, yeah. that's what the full name would be if that were the case, which it is not. What's next? Yeah. Ice Rider 50 asks, if the Straw Hats were each to do a 007 film, what would be their mission and what double entendre would it be? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. This is... Yeah, I don't know if we can answer this. I, one, I think that would take too long. Um, Brooks would be like, "You can only die twice, or whatever." <laughs> <laughs> We're not beating that one. We're not beating that one. I cannot beat that. Um, uh, uh. Killerfly wants to know 
or hold on, Chow has a question. I'll, I'll ask this. Are you guys Team Captain America or Team Iron Man? Also, are you Team Goku or Team Saitama? As somebody who, is, as somebody who has seen Civil War twice now, Team Iron Man. All the way, Team Iron Man. And I was Team Iron Man before I went into the movie, and I'm Team Iron Man coming out of the movie. And uh, and also Team Saitama. Saitama would wreck Goku. So I, I agree with Saitama, definitely. Hmm. I don't know. Uh... Still Team Iron Man, guys. Come on. I've been you know I've seen the movie a whole bunch of times them. myself. Uh, I don't know. I I really like I really like both Iron Man and Captain America in the movies. Uh, I like the cut of Iron Man's jib, but I freaking Cap is so charismatic because he's such a good guy. I think if if I just so happen to be like a hero, I think I would align myself with with cap because tony's kind of a dick and i know he's got spider-man but eh, screw him <laughs> all right next one comes from Killerfly. so the world's strongest creature is a sad angry drunk anyone else think this could get dark real fast <laughs> as, as i said uh, yes. my boss <laughs> what wow <laughs> You're doubling down there, Zach. Yeah, yeah. Why, why the hell not? I don't, I don't think right. he's listening to a One Piece podcast. Well, if he is, he's probably sad and drunk now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he was sad and drunk before. It's like, you know, my, it's like, sorry, I sorry, the place is a mess. I haven't cleaned up since, you know, my wife left me. Uh, it's like, oh, geez. <laughs> it's like, oh, we were we were gonna defeat you before, but now I don't. It's just sad. <laughs> Let's just move on. We don't need this panoply. All, right. All right. Next question comes from Evan Corny. What color is my underwear? Red. Uh, that's trick a trick question. question. There are three strawberries. We could have answered right. that. We could have answered another question. That's a really <laughs> obscure reference. That is Shonen Jump podcast reference. That is a Shonen Jump podcast oh. reference. Oh, okay. Uh, Michael Drabkin asks, what is your favorite One Piece game? I think we've heard it from everyone except here except for Roger on, on this. Roger is like the most accreditation here. I don't know if I've ever even picked a One Piece game. I have not uh, liked one much. I'd say the second Jump Superstars for DS. I love that game. Right That's on. my choice. Yeah. Hmm. Anyone else want to share? I don't yeah. play video games. Yeah, I haven't played that many. Um, I play a lot of video games, and I play like, a bunch of the One Piece games. I'm actually a really big fan of the Unlimited series. I know they kind of get a bad rap, but mm -hmm. I just don't like fighting games very much. And I really like adventure games. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think despite, like, Burning Blood looking cool as hell, mm -hmm. like, fighting games are cool, but, like, I don't get enough playing them on my own. Uh, mm -hmm. And One Piece is an adventure, and I feel like it's not taken advantage of enough in the video game realm uh, unlimited adventure yeah it's a huge pain in the ass to play but i really like the look of it it had like this this certain style to the graphics it had this kind of like purple shading too uh yeah, the character and plus, models were so nice they were yeah, like and, perfect and plus it was the first and only game to have a funimation voiceover and at the time most of those characters weren't even casted yet so it was a thrill just to get through that game just to hear a 15 second clip of a character but oh man they got him whoa uh that's just me being a dub dork um i had no idea i i would love mm -hmm. i would love to see a one piece game that plays like wind waker 
I would oh, love that. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that's a dream game right there. Which one is is what like my my dream? I, I don't play too many video games, but it would just be like a massive like RPG kind of thing. I don't know if that's what Wind Waker is. I've never played it before, but like just something where you could have like a lot of creativity and do what you want and go to what islands you know you happen to land on or want to go to. I, I don't know what that's called. Isn't that like a massive RPG? Like, like an open world. An yeah, open world. I, I don't know what those are called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. MMO. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's what they're called. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't play that many video games, so I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Efren Mario asks, do you think then all of the CP9 members went on to become CP0 members, or only uh, Luchi, uh, Kaku, and Spondum? Uh, oh, actually, this kind of ties in with something that was in this week's chapter that someone brought up to me in my comment section. Um if you, or I guess it wasn't this week's, it was last week's. But if you looked at the Kano Country Tower that we saw when they were jumping through all the different countries going to Reverie, mm-hmm. that tower looks exactly the same as the tower where CP9 was training in their cover story. Um, so mm-hmm. it's possible that maybe <laughs> Kano will have a connection with CP9 and maybe that's where all the CP9 characters have gone on. Maybe like the CP0 training camp is in the same tower in Kano. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'm curious which cipher poll was the one that went to. It could be any of the ten. So who knows? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Russ England one asks: Is there any grand line or new world character who you think doesn't have a chance to return? Well, I think Monet is dead. Not... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Monet is dead. <laughs> I think that's about it. I don't know. The like... new fi- the new Fishman pirates. They could just rot. Yeah, they are already. <laughs> yeah, they're and Vanderdecken. Yeah. Don't forget, I forgot about you. I mean, don't forget, I forgot about you. That's don't think I forgot about you. Don't think. I didn't forget about you. I don't know if we're going to see Gaimon again. When's the last time we saw him? Well, he's East Blue. I almost made the same mistake. It's Grand Line or New World characters. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say Kuro, but he might come back. Because what about like Brownbeard? I think yeah, we might think see Brown Beard again. We might see him, but when we see uh, Doctor Bigger Pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like that way too much, Steve. <laughs> hey, at least some being happy. That's a good point. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> it brings me it... joy. <laughs> oh, I know version. a character we'll never see again for sure. The uh, the vacuum girl. In Dress Rosa. What's her name? The horrible Queen, Queen Orica. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll never see her again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, hey, we're, uh, hey uh, we're gonna have to record that line again. We're hearing a little grinding. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our last question. Last question from Chad Erky. Which drunk version of Kaido do you want to spend your night partying with? Sad. None. <laughs> I don't want to be anywhere near that guy. Put me through the wall. Wonder if there's happy drunk Kaido too. Yeah, he's he's gonna be the asshole that puts a hole in your wall and then won't <laughs> pay for it. I mean, uh, if no. there's if there's a sad Kaido and an angry Kaido, there's gotta be like a party Kaido. Definitely. No, and he's gonna be the one that punches a hole through your wall. And he will, yeah. <laughs> he's like, let's fuck this town up. We're gonna burn it down to the ground. <laughs> that is likely true. Actually, yeah. Uh, that's so, it for Peace Together this week. Yeah, that's it. For, somehow we're done with Peace Together. Uh, next week, there's no chapter. We are doing volume uh, 81, for those who don't remember, from four hours ago when we 
finish the manga recap. Uh, why don't we round off here? Are you guys ready? Yes. Oh, yes. Yep. This has been episode 416 of the One Piece podcast uh, for April 25th. Uh, we went through chapter 824, if you don't remember, episode 738. Uh, good episode today, you guys. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, thank you, Roger, for coming on as well. Um, always oh, a blast. anytime. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, just uh, before we go through everyone's uh, what's going on with you guys, uh, just as a reminder, the contest for 99designs is only three days so I think that puts us at, like, Wednesday at midnight? Is that correct? Or Thursday at midnight, Aaron? One of those, right? Uh, something like that. <laughs> so <laughs> try for Wednesday at midnight, uh, but it might be open until Thursday at midnight. Um, so, so somewhere around there. Um, I, I'm not guaranteeing the exact time. Uh, please donate uh, to our anime fans. Give back to Kumamoto. Uh, there was also a devastating earthquake in Ecuador a few weeks ago, uh, and... Uh, the ne Nepal earthquake, speaking of earthquake, uh, was one year ago uh, last week, and that was also devastating. Uh, so for there's lots of great earthquake-related causes out there, unfortunately. Uh, so donate to any and all that you can or have the means to. Um, as a reminder, again, 20 Minutes of BS should be coming out either tonight or tomorrow night. Uh, so keep an eye out on the, they have a separate fee now, you guys, Steve, it's been doing very well. So, uh, keep subscribing, yeah. rating and reviewing there. Thank you. Uh, uh and the FMA podcast, uh, as well, is all on there. And, um, you know, our, we're going to really be revamping our Patreon over the next, uh, couple months. Uh, there's going to be some really cool stuff. If you want to get in on the ground floor, this is the time. So get in. Uh, you'll still be get eligible. in, Mung. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you, Ed. Uh, you'll understand that reference and many more if uh, if you join us on Patreon. Uh, so I, I think that's all I got. So uh, uh, Roger, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Roger's Base on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, on Meverse, on my anime list, pretty much everywhere. Uh, it's Roger's Base. I have a full arc review of Zoe coming out later this uh, this week, so look forward to that. I have a bunch of other One Piece videos coming up. I know I'm doing some more Collecticon figure reviews. So, uh, yeah, cool stuff in the world of One Piece. And thanks again for having me on. I love being on with you guys. So Yeah, and welcome yeah. to the Collecticon crew. Uh, hey! <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, so definitely check that out. I want to, I'm going to check out that ARC review. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts. Um, uh, who else do we got here? Aaron. Yeah, who else? Oh, just Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, guys, make way for Aaron. Yeah, Ooh. girl in the house. Whoa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you oh, can... Watch out, guys. The fun police is here. <laughs> Aaron. What, what is happening? Uh, I don't know. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Amazing Bedhead. Um, you can also see the editorial I do on OnePiecePodcast.com. It's called Pirate Couture. Do it with Jill and Allison. We talk about clothes. We should have one coming out next week, hopefully. Uh, we're probably going to be covering the Thriller Bark arc outfits so look forward to that um and yeah come talk to me on twitter i'm playing earthbound and i freak out every monday when the new chapter is released 
Uh, awesome. I should probably. I, th I think Aaron, myself, and Alex really need to get together and talk about Earthbound because we're all playing yeah. through it. Let's do it. So I haven't I haven't played through in a couple weeks, so I've been a bad boy. So oh, uh, I mean please, I can only play you, it on the weekends. If you guys ever do an Earthbound podcast, please invite me on. I have so much to talk about with that game. Uh I'm really enjoying it, but do yeah, it. we'll do it. Um Steven. You may follow me on Twitter at Translatosaurus. And uh, see you next week for uh, volume eighty one. That'll be fun. Yeah, I, I love doing the volume reviews with you, Stephen, mm -hmm. so I'm excited. Uh, and Steve, where can we find you? Hey, find me on all social media, at Steve Yurko, all one word. That includes Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, all that. Uh, I haven't plugged my store on the podcast, and I just want to say, if you're interested in any prints that I do have, uh, my store is just about fully stocked, so please uh, go there, uh, check it out, like, treat yourself to a print and there's also a promo code if you'll get 25 percent off if you enter the word booty that's booty b-o-o-t-y like you don't need to spell booty on this podcast booty well, well i don't know if someone spells it with an i-e i don't know B -b -b booty 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 swaps booty but other than that of course zach mentioned earlier 20 minutes of bullshit check out that podcast and we're still putting out new episodes of endless schmaltz I recommend that one too. Uh, even if you didn't watch Gundam Wing, start watching it. Watch it with us. You'll have a lot of fun. And, and the next episodes coming out are uh, clip show episodes, which is perfect because we're doing uh, commentary style for those. They're going to be uh, they're good catch ups if you want to start in the middle. Uh, but you should go back because the clips are freaking hilarious uh, in in all the episodes. Even if you don't like us, the and somehow yeah. made it through this and podcast, and it's worth it alone for what clips we decide are worthy to put in. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, Ed, how can the good people out there contact us? Well, Zach, you are Zach underscore Logan on Twitter. I am Edward E. Fastizio. The podcast is at onepiecepodcast.com, twitter.com, youtube.com, and facebook.com slash onepiecepodcast. Onepiecepodcast.tumblr.com for news updates and funny pictures curated by Jill. Reddit.com slash r slash onepiecepodcast. Leave us some peace together there. Our Skype name is onepiecepodcast. Onepiecepodcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can subscribe on SoundCloud, subscribe on Google Play, and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, or call us on our phone number. Zach? That phone number is 347-497-MAJI. MAJI. That phone number again is 347-497-6254. Call anytime. 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 For the one who drinks. Um, thank you, guys. This was a really great episode today. Um, and I think until next week, uh, when we go through Volume 81, that's it for us. We'll see you next week. My name is Zach. My name is Ed. And my name is Steve. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.